0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I sense of theme here. Hey, it's Gary and Shannon. Uh, thanks for downloading, listening to uh, the podcast of the Gary and Shannon Show. Now, if you want to listen to it live, you can do so every weekday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. in the greater Los Angeles area on KFI AM 640. Or you can go onto the iHeartRadio app and just type in KFI and listen live, listen to old shows, etc. Make sure that you subscribe not only to this podcast, and share it with all your friends, but the pre-post podcast as well, which is bonus content that we can't do on the air for legal purposes.
1: Gary Hoffman.
0: They gave him a five-minute standing ovation at the end.
1: Shannon Farron.
0: The
2: bitch is insane. You
1: for, you for being here and running everything for everybody else. Gary and Shannon. Together, we will make America great again. Anything that you are better now, better now. I'm not around, not
2: around. You know, I never meant to let you down. Let you down would have gave you anything, would have gave you everything. You know, I said it, I am better now, better
0: now. I only say that, cause you're not around, not around. You know, I never meant
2: to let you down. Let you down would have gave you anything, would have gave you everything. Oh, oh, oh. Gary and Shannon, you
0: hey, it's Tuesday. Apparently, it's a two-t-shirt Tuesday, Tuesday.
3: Are you wearing no, two t-shirts? No, but
0: John was. John. John from The Morning Show. He's wearing two t-shirts today. Two, two, two-t-shirt Tuesday. I don't know. He's wearing, like, the little white undershirt, tank top, and then the t-shirt over top of it. It's fine. I'm not judging. I don't judge people's clothing. You clearly. do, all the time. No, I do not. Yes, you do. I am not doing Adam
3: that. down the hall right. is a constant target for your fashion policing.
0: You work in a you work in a place of business. Like this there there's business here. This isn't you don't work at a gym. Oh. I'm just saying. What he, are you wearing?
4: Uh, Nirvana a Nirvana sweatshirt.
0: A Nirvana sweatshirt. You wearing pants today?
4: Yeah. Pants check. Also yep. pants. pants.
0: Pants. Pants. Oh. Sorry.
4: You know who's not wearing pants? Victor Adam.
0: Huh? I know he never does. That's the thing, and he wears my dad's black socks, which is fine. It's totally fine. All I can if think you're my about, dad and you're 77 years old. All
3: I can think about when I hear him doing Clippers pregame is that dude's in gym shorts right now,
0: which I guess would be appropriate. If but it's never not at No, anyway, I don't judge people by their clothing, and you know that,
3: Kim Jong Un. Has a karaoke room in that train.
0: He's he's probably got a, a small grocery store in that train. You know,
3: some people were wondering why he took the train this time. Because in June, he borrowed a plane from China. It was an Air China Boeing 740, uh, 747. But the problem with that plane is, you know where it was made? America. Um, America. Big Chinese flag on the side of that plane. So the optics this time around are much better with uh, Kim Jong-un taking his grandfather's train there to Vietnam a 3-day trip air force 1 had to refuel twice in england and qatar
0: i'm i just assumed and again this may be just my my rudimentary knowledge of geography i would have assumed the president was leaving from washington coming this way to go to vietnam because you could stop in california hawaii wherever you want and then make the trip he went to england and qatar to refuel before he made his way to Vietnam? Yeah. He hates California that much? He doesn't want to come this way? Or is it a shorter flight?
3: I think it's probably shorter. Oh. I think Makes that's sense. the way you go. Um Now, this was like a rock star welcome for Kim Jong-un and the president. The only difference uh, between the two is that whole uh, execution thing. I mean, Kim Jong-un... <laughs> Wait, which has carried out extensive executions of oh. his uncle and everybody connected to his uncle, including children and grandchildren, uh, the incarceration camps that exist in North Korea, the overall national starving situation. And he arrives in Vietnam to uh, an honor guard.
0: Yeah. Uh, odd is probably the best way to put it. There were um, there were clear pictures of him and this is the weirdest part he took a smoke break on the way into town stops the train pulls over and has a smoke break why and then it
3: has you his smoke on the plane and on the train a train yeah.
0: why can't you smoke and then on the train? he has
3: his sister bring him uh, over yeah. a crystal ashtray and just hold it and just hold it next to him
0: your brother if your brother brother cracks out a cigarette and he's like hey come here with that ashtray what are you going to do? That... You're probably going to throw it at him, right? Uh, yeah. Again, But there's there's very little chance your brother's going to execute you with a flamethrower.
3: Right, or so, a firing squad.
0: Or a firing squad or anything like that. There's a lot on this uh, this meeting in Hanoi today, which is tomorrow in Vietnam. The president and the leader of North Korea are expected to hold sort of an informal dinner. And the actual work that's supposed to take place is going to take place on Thursday, the way that they have described it. They're
3: going to have dinner tonight. Right. And then meetings on Thursday. But, yeah, people who live there were were interviewed about uh, Kim Jong Un. One guy, uh, Van Dang Lu, lives there and he works at a bank nearby. He said, I like him about Kim Jong Un. He's very young. He's very interesting. He's very powerful.
0: Yeah, he said Trump is not young, but that I think he is very powerful. I mean, Vietnam has an interesting – is put in an interesting place here because the last summit in Singapore, they had all kinds of time to to work out the details and security. There was, There were questions specifically still today as to where this dinner is going to take place that we're talking about and where the actual meeting is going to take place. And last night – uh, I think it was Jake Tapno, Jim Acosta on CNN clutched his pearls and said, we've been kicked out of our hotel. <laughs> what do we do? <laughs> you move to a different hotel and then you set up again. I mean, right. the idea that you get uh, red carpet treatment all of the time is a little bit ludicrous. Yes, it sucks as a media outlet that you have to pick up your stuff and, you know, the sets that you may have already built or uh, put together – but you got to, you know, come on. you got to roll with the punches in a place like Vietnam.
4: It
3: looks like a big shipment of vodka intended for Kim Jong-un's regime has been impounded in Holland. A cargo of 90,000 bottles of cheap Russian vodka has been <laughs> impounded by customs.
0: Do you, I wonder if, in fact, they believe that's great vodka.
3: I had some cheap vodka in Russia and it tasted terrible. Oh really? Yeah, I thought it was going to be good. Like even the cheap stuff's good in Russia. No. no it was like Pop-Off. You know, it's like the stuff you would drink at Chico State cuz you could get a fifth for 499.
0: You and a couple of buddies could go in and Right. You'd be blind the You'd next morning. You get a morning, bottle but... of
3: Pop-Off and a bottle of Cran Apple and you were set.
0: Oh my gosh. You knew how to party.
4: How are you not dead?
0: Yeah. I asked
4: that question so many times.
0: So we will keep an eye on this um again because of the time difference nothing's going to be happening during our show uh, at least not today but we will keep an eye on all of what's been going on. The president did tweet uh just that he had landed in in Vietnam and he was very excited about what was going to be going on what was going to happen for this summit. I don't know what to expect from this. I mean, we've seen nothing. We've seen before where the first conversations resulted in we believe a halt on nuclear testing by North Korea. We'll just see if this does result in any sort of actual non-proliferation. If they can figure out a way to get North Korea to actually give up nuclear weapons and give up the nuclear ambition, then we'll see some progress. That's pretty
3: much been their only ambition for decades is to be a nuclear strength. Oh, and the other ambition is to be taken seriously on a global stage by places like America.
0: And the only thing, the only carrot that Donald Trump can hang in front of the guy's face is you will be rich beyond your wildest imagination if you open this place up. The thing is, he probably believes he is rich beyond his wildest imagination. And he does. Why would he want to share that with any of the people that that live underneath him?
3: All right. Coming up next, Michael Cohen will be providing some public testimony tomorrow. With Congress, he's in closed sessions today and I think Thursday. Uh, Tomorrow's a big day. By the way, even though those are are closed sessions, we may still get a transcript of whatever is said in those, the way that we got a transcript when Comey testified in a closed session.
0: Leaky Leakerson. That's who's going to give us the information.
3: We'll talk about what Cohen's expected to tell Congress on Wednesday. A couple news outlets have dug into what he is going to
0: uh, be singing about. About the president. Gary and Shannon will continue in just a moment.
2: A working class to the bone, and I know you're tired of hearing it. It's the weekend. It's the weekend. And this right here is the deal proletariat. It's the weekend. the weekend. Yeah, I just got paid. It's time to get this started. Wait till I think my claim. Forget that I was
0: Gary and Shannon. Hey, next hour, we're going to tell you the uh, story about that Amtrak train that got stuck in Oregon. The, the Starlight, Co- uh, Coast Starlight, goes from Seattle to L.A. I mean, it takes two days or whatever to get here, but it hit a tree, they said, or hit tree branches, something like that, in Oregon and had to stop for safety reasons and then was stuck on the tracks for about 36 hours. And people were improvising diapers. You never want to have to improvise a diaper. But they were improvising diapers because the people wouldn't, the Amtrak people wouldn't let them off the train simply for uh, uh, safety purposes is what they said. But they are on the move again.
3: I got an email I got to tell you about from John. He says he's he's at work the other day. They're moving boxes. And someone asked, hey, John, can you grab that dolly? He says, and it was weird because it took me a second to realize why I just stopped in my tracks with this bad feeling. And then it all came back, abducted in plain sight.
0: Oh, the dolly. Dolly. He used to call her Dolly. Yeah. Oh my God! I know it triggers you, doesn't it? <laughs> we uh, we have been talking about abducted in plain sight. He
2: says, "Oh, can you give me some relief?" <laughs> we were laughing, and he said, "Oh, Bob, it's just kid stuff.
0: Uh, just kid stuff." Anyway, th- this show, Abducted in Plain Sight, is on Netflix. We'll talk more about it next hour. But tomorrow is our day. If you have not seen this yet carve out 90 minutes you could do 45 minutes tonight you could do 45 minutes in the morning however you want to do it like nick couldn't get through the whole thing so he's going to have to watch the rest of it tonight but we, it's it's a show on netflix it's a documentary about an abduction of a girl from pocatella idaho in the 1970s and her family and the fbi And the guy who did it.
3: And so many questions. And
0: what the hell were people thinking?
3: And why did they decide to share their story with all of Netflix?
0: There's so many. But we have to do this as a group. You cannot work your way through this alone. Anyway, we'll talk more about that next hour and tomorrow as well.
3: Well, there is going to be quite the dog and pony show uh, on Capitol Hill tomorrow when The president's former longtime attorney, Michael Cohen, self-described fixer, is going to allegedly provide evidence of Trump's criminal conduct since becoming president. That's according to NBC News.
0: Yeah, today he is in uh, he's before the Senate Intelligence Committee behind closed doors. Tomorrow, we believe he's going to be House Oversight Committee. That's the one that's going to be public. That's going to be such a circus. And then again on Thursday, he'll testify before the House Intelligence Committee. A couple of different things. According to people who are close to Michael Cohen, they categorize the information he has and we'll talk about as the president's lies, racism, and cheating as a private businessman. There is some suggestion that Michael Cohen might also make some of businessman Donald Trump's financial statements available, which opens the door, perhaps, for the oversight committee to go after tax returns in order to verify the information in the financial statements. Long shot, but it is a door.
3: They say that hush the hush money payments to the women are going to be really the centerpiece of the public testimony. He's set to provide intimate details of any involvement that the president had in the scheme to keep Stormy Daniels quiet about the fare she says she had with Trump back in 06 by paying her 130 grand right before the election. He's going to discuss the reimbursement he received for the payment as well. Now, Sarah Sanders says, listen, this guy is known for lying to Congress. It's going to be more of the same. You cannot listen to anything this guy says.
0: Well, I mean, her 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 point, it's laughable, the quote, it's laughable that anyone would take a convicted liar like Cohen at his word and pathetic to see him given yet another opportunity to spread his lies. He admitted that he lied to Congress, specifically about the Trump Tower of Moscow negotiations. And he is going to talk about his decision or, or why he lied to Congress in the first place. And they'll, of course, question whether or not anyone told him to lie, trying to get him to apparently say that Donald Trump made him lie. And this is going to be an interesting, the the guy's a dirtbag. I mean, the guy, look at what he was willing to do, regardless of who he was doing it for. The guy is a complete dirtbag. Now, is he going to say things that are true in front of Congress this time? Maybe. Uh, how do you determine a, a dirtbag like this, whether or not he's telling the truth? It's
3: going to be entertaining.
0: That's exactly what I was going to say. It, whether you believe it or not, this is political theater at its best.
3: He was sentenced to three years in prison for what the judge at the time in Manhattan called a smorgasbord of criminal conduct, <laughs> including those secret payments to the women, uh, lying to Congress about the president's business dealings with Russia, and, of course, failing to report millions of dollars in income. What time is this going to happen tomorrow? Uh,
0: seven o'clock our time is when he's in front of the House Oversight Committee, and that's the only one of these, uh, these hearings that's going to be public. So, uh, But like you said, there is a good chance we will see some of the information come out of today's Senate Intelligence Committee closed-door hearings because Congress just loves to hear themselves talk. So there's going to be a chance that some of the members of, of that committee will come out and talk about what's been at least the topics that have been discussed, if not the specifics of what Michael Cohen says.
3: We've got a couple of women to tell you about updates on a couple of crooked women that we have told you about before. Elizabeth Holmes, the woman who sold the lie of Theranos and her blood testing equipment to some of the most powerful people in the world in terms of investors. And that fake heiress that took a bunch of people for, for millions of dollars in New York, pretending that she was this heiress to this fictitional oligarch.
0: This seems like a show on CBS. Like these two girl, these two women find each other and live in an apartment, run yes. down little ramshackle apartment. Right. And try to outdo each other with who they used to be.
3: Crooked broads. Is <laughs> your stomach round? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go have some more M&M's. Please.
0: That's a great idea. You sound like you were stuck on a train. Monica M&Ms, Ricks. and ms beer, water. There's nothing more you need. And recycled diapers.
3: Recycled diapers or
0: imp- imp- improvised words. diapers, okay, probably a better way. Yeah, all right,
3: Monica, what's would you me? give the shirt
0: off your back to put a diaper on a kid? Yes, I would just let the kid run around naked. I mean, <laughs> it's but where's the poop gonna go Ugh. on the floor, and then you pick it up and you throw it out of the train. No, yes, that's exactly Ugh. you want to leave it on the train. You people are disgusting.
3: Darby tweeted us, watching tonight with a friend, is two bottles of wine enough to get us through?
0: <laughs> Her or two bottles to share? To share.
3: I said bring a third just in case. Yeah. Just a, in case of emergency.
0: And I would make that third one more of a dessert wine, something sweeter. Uh-huh. Maybe like a Riesling? G- a Riesling or a, Gewürztraminer. a Gewürztraminer?
3: <laughs> My brother loves that.
0: I hate it. Me that. too. I can't My stand it. My sister loves it. I can't do it. I want, I want my wine to taste like um, licking Like street. soil,
2: yeah. Just dirty. I...
0: <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, we, uh, at the top of the hour, are going to get into that story about the uh, the Amtrak train that's finally moving. It was stuck in Oregon for about a day and a half. Also, I don't know if you've seen this. There was an image that was posted. We're going to put it up. I think we can. Um, from Getty Images, a one of their photographers took a picture of Selma Blair, the actress who was at the Vanity Fair... Uh, Oscar party on Sunday night. I had not realized that that Selma Blair was diagnosed with MS, and she was in tears on the carpet, the, the striped carpet they called it at Vanity Fair, and she talked about. Uh, I mean, she said to the to the crowd of photographers there, she talked about her newfound strength and her willingness to come out, even though her body is fighting against her, and it's she looked heartbreaking. great. It's she looked heartbreaking. beautiful. Uh, she did an interview with Robin Roberts that we'll play parts of, I, I, and you—I mean, clearly you can hear. I think she called it vocal dis—I'll dis, have to let her tell it—but you can clear hear in her voice the spasms that have uh, have started taking over her body. And so. she
4: was walking with a cane at
0: that yeah. party; yeah, she that needed was, it. She was wobbling. Have you seen that picture? It's, a, it's an incredible picture.
3: And I watched the interview.
0: Yeah, so it was, it was tough to we'll get. We'll do there. that yeah. next hour.
3: Well, two women who are crooks were spotted in New York this week. Elizabeth Holmes is one of them. The freshman at Stanford that decided to drop out because she had this idea for a blood testing game changer that would make it easy and less complicated to test blood globally. Um, She had a deal with Walgreens, I believe. She was able to lure some of the country and and the world's biggest investors to come on her board. Uh, the problem is, is it was a dream. She was called a unicorn because she had a billion-dollar startup overnight. But a unicorn also that is a fairy tale because that blood testing technology was not even close to where it would have had to have been for this to be a viable product. Yeah,
0: the portable machine that takes one tiny drop of blood and does 50-some-odd tests on that single drop of blood— Now, um, Elizabeth Holmes was at one time the head of Theranos. Not the guy with the the jewels and snap at the end of the Avengers movie. Theranos has long since uh, been shuttered. It has proven to be a complete fraud.
3: She faces, what, 20 years in federal prison?
0: Yeah. The thing is, she shows up in New York this week. She's,
3: She's 37 and they caught her on uh, camera, uh, bundled up with her suitcase, uh, kind of walking through the snow.
0: Which is odd. She I was mean, staying
3: in the same hotel where Meghan Markle was having her baby shower, the guests including Serena
0: Williams. Right, which if you're there, even if you're paparazzi, a photographer, and you're there, you you are distracted by everyone who is there for Meghan Markle's party, right? Because there's probably 20 or 30 recognizable faces walking through the lobby, you're not going to trip over Elizabeth Holmes thinking, oh, I know who that is.
3: This is a place that, that charges about $1,000 a night. Where is she getting all of this? I don't know. Flipping money.
0: Uh, well, she was out there getting a cab, so we know that she's at least lost the uh, the daily allotment for her car service. But that's just one of the people who's in not Oh, by the way, just a side note. The Dropout, the podcast called The Dropout that Rebecca Jarvis does about Elizabeth Holmes and Theranos, available on the iHeart app. My wife has been listening to it. She says it's fantastic.
3: Yeah, I've gobbled up everything I can get relating to Elizabeth Holmes because I just don't understand how you could dupe those powerful minds into believing that you were further along than yeah. you were. And Big it, name, smart people. Names. Uh names. Just side note. Another podcast. That's another side note. Did I say a side note twice? No, I said side note. Oh, you did? Oh, side notes everywhere. Uh, Over My Dead Body is a podcast that I am addicted to. It's fantastic. That's it. That's why it was a side note.
2: Actually,
0: side note, side note. Anna (laughs) Sorokin is another woman who's been traveling around New York City. Who is also a disgraced one-time faker.
3: A fake socialite who snowed some of the biggest money people in Manhattan. Her name is Anna Sorokin.
0: It's not even just, this can't even just be it's a women taking advantage of rich men thing, can it? It's
3: a lot of, uh, it's a big part of it.
0: Well, she's 27-year-old, uh, Her another alias, Anna Delvey. She was in Manhattan Supreme Court yesterday. She
3: talked banks into lending her money to start the Anna Delvey Foundation. She would skip out on bills at the end of some of New York's, at the end of week-long stays at some of New York's finest hotels. She would target individuals that she could use and get them to pay for things that that she would say, "I'll, I'll, I'll pay you back. One of the biggest stories was a Vanity Fair picture researcher She convinced this researcher to pay for a $62,000 trip to Morocco because her card was rejected.
0: (laughs) That is a, uh, a, women have a powerful thing working for them, whatever that is.
3: She did check kiting where you would deposit a bad check into your bank account and then withdraw a cash amount before they bounce.
0: That's nice. I didn't know you
3: could do that.
0: Well, I think a lot of them uh, – I think a lot of banks do prevent that now. They'll put a hold on a check or they'll only allow you to pull out – you know, you could write a check to yourself for five grand, but you're only allowed to take out 1500 or whatever the, the amount would be. Uh, among those who spoke out about Anna Sorokin, some of her alleged victims, including staff at the hotels where she stayed, her her trial was supposed to start yesterday – Uh, But they're saying that the uh, prosecutors talked to the judge about the upcoming dates. They agreed for jury selection to occur next month. So it's about a month away from her trial. They were talking, these hotel staff members were talking about how she would tip with a hundred dollar bill. And that gives just enough people just enough thought. Oh, she must be really rich if she can tip me a hundred bucks. And then everything gets taken care of at that point. You assume she's if she's. Throwing down Benjamins for a, uh, you know, to the doorman that she can cover her bill. So you're you're not going to think twice about sending up that caviar at uh, room service.
3: It's like Conway at the track
0: when he drops a hundred dollar yeah, bill. Yeah, right just right tips the
3: everyone hundred bucks, and then you you live like a king.
0: <laughs> live in luxury.
3: Terrence Howard apparently had a meltdown on the set of Empire before he put that long-winded I Stand By You Instagram post together for Jesse Smollett.
0: A couple interesting updates on that case we'll tell you about when we come back. Gary and Shannon.
3: President meeting for a second time with Kim Jong-un, this time in Vietnam. The two will have dinner this evening and then have meetings tomorrow. Also tomorrow, the president's former lawyer, personal attorney, Michael Cohen, is going to be talking to Congress. and public testimony that we'll uh, be privy to.
0: Yay. It's going to be entertaining, to say the least. Uh, the update on the Jussie Smollett case. I will
1: never be the man that this did not happen
0: to. Uh Terrence Howard, we know, plays his dad on the show Empire, tweeted something a couple uh was it yesterday, he says, All your little homies got you. We love the hell out of you. And it was a picture of Jussie with a little kid. Um TMZ says that uh the Terrence Howard was beside himself. He would lock himself in his trailer and wasn't speaking to anyone. When Jesse Smollett was taken into custody for allegedly filing a false police report, T- and, th- and that he had he never believed Jesse's story, that TMZ he
3: was cites anonymous production sources. Now, why would he change his mind, and post that Instagram video?
0: Well, I do not know.
3: Smollett did go to the set on, of Empire last Thursday after he was out on bail, begging the cast to forgive him saying to them i swear to god i did not do this is that what terrence howard believes is that the convincing it, part yeah. was
0: the heartfelt please please don't trust the racist chicago police department i didn't do this uh, the executives for empire and fox have said they do not believe that there was that the attack staging was motivated by money
3: what if the check, the $3,500, mm-hmm. was really just for that workout program?
0: What are you suggesting now? That well, Denise Huskins is behind all of this?
3: Well, to play devil's advocate, what if he did have an arrangement with this brother, or these two brothers and this workout program or whatever, and for whatever reason the relationship turned sour and they did attack him?
4: That is the most expensive workout program for five weeks.
0: But I don't know 700 Well, it, it includes meal planning apparently. Right. And I don't know if that means they're cooking it as well, but um I but then why would they I don't know. I don't why would they tell the cops that this was a setup?
2: Why
3: would they I, tell Listen, the I'm not entertaining the idea that he didn't do it or he wasn't in on it. I'm just curious as to what the defense is going to be.
0: Oh, the defense, let me tell you what the defense is going to be. Uh, One of the brothers who was involved with this back, uh, let's see, would have been 2013. He tweeted, why are you following Frank Ocean? You know that N-word gay, right? And another tweet uh, reads, you're gay. That's who you are. But we have no idea who he was talking to in that thing. So right there, you've got a defense that... These two brothers did not like Jesse Smollett because he was yes Smollett because he was out and gay, or gay and out. How's that? Okay. Now, can they include that in the statements to show that these brothers appear to have issues with gay men? Sure, they can. Why wouldn't they? Because these tweets go directly against what they have said publicly, which is we are not racist, we are not homophobic, we are not anti-Trump. We're born and raised in Chicago. We are American citizens. Because remember, the whole language of the actual attack, or I should say the actual, finger quotes, attack, was that they called him an F word, an N word, and then this is MAGA country. I just, I don't know why the brothers would, would make up the story that they were paid to attack him or that Jesse Smollett was the one who came up with this thing. I don't know. It I, is
3: curious his MO about uh, wanting more money. If he's making 1.8 million dollars per year, that's being paid pretty well for that for that role.
0: Yeah, but I think in in general he wanted more. He wanted more attention, he wanted yeah. more money, he wanted a more high profile. That that to me that could be I wanted more. And that it's interpreted that he wanted more salary specifically for his appearances on the show.
3: The other odd thing is, is he's in the middle of a long-term contract. It isn't even the time for him to be demanding
0: more money. No, but remember, last year is when his album came out. He's in the process of recording new stuff right now. And the higher profile he gets ahead of whatever album release would be coming up, I have no idea what the timing would be. But the, the higher profile would eventually turn into more money. You know, any publicity would have been good publicity in his mind. But this is clearly not the case because this is there's been more publicity about Justy Smollett in the last month. You I I'd be hard pressed to find anybody who knew about the guy or knew the guy's name even before this.
3: I'm I'm thoroughly done with the story. Like, I don't even care if we get more details. I'm just done. I'm sick of it. It's annoying to me that it's gotten this much attention.
0: Did they return yet? They were on a hiatus. I mean, I know that I the don't show, know. I wonder if it, that's got to be, come on, that's got to be one of Fox's highest rated shows whenever it it makes its reappearance on the, uh, on the network.
3: All right. Coming up next, stuck on a train for 40 hours. People are starting to lose their minds. Also, Selma Blair, an heartbreaking interview she did with Robin Roberts about her MS. And have you heard about the Robert Kraft sandwich? All of these things are still coming up on the program.
0: What is a Robert Kraft sandwich?
4: I feel like I almost don't want to know. It's uh it's pulled pork. Ew Black
2: holes, solid ground, black holes, solid ground, a thousand voices settled free.
3: decided it's nice to have baseball on in here during this show it feels a little warmer it does right it's 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 just when you get into details of, of somebody's life or uh, a, a documentary on netflix and it makes you feel dirty yeah. you can just glance up and and look at the, the the baseball diamond and all is right with the world i
2: did the worst thing i've ever done <laughs> as far as
0: <laughs> Mm-hmm. as bob. far as what bob bob Finish, Bob.
3: No, we're not. Saying uh-uh. that. Whoa, wow. All right, people of that train, they are stuck. Breaking yeah.
2: the trust, and the fidelity
0: that I had with my wife. Okay, it took him a while to get that out. Don't worry, he Bob. Worked, he worked it out. That's
3: the least of your issues. Bob's gone.
0: Bob passed away.
3: I'm talking to retroactive Bob. Got it. And I'm not, listen. I'm not throwing save it, save it. A, a memorial for Bob's death, okay? That is, that that man.
0: It's okay to be angry with Bob. Yeah. That's a natural reaction. Because I'm
3: angry with Bob. Okay. And well, the mother.
0: More uh, abducted in plain sight talk later this hour as we set up what we're going to do tomorrow and our whole... Counseling session we're going to have to get. All right. Passengers on the Samtrak train. The Coast Starlight goes from Seattle to L.A. I've often wanted to take this
3: train trip because I, like Jerry Brown, love trains. Oh, it sounds beautiful. You know, you you have a bottle of wine. You read your book. You look out the window at the environs. Environs. It's calming. It's relaxing. Um, But not when you get stuck on a train. This train apparently hit a, a tree that had fallen on the tracks, and this happened in a pretty much snowed-in part of Oregon, so they couldn't even get off the train because they were so snowed in.
0: Yeah, the, I guess they were close to the town of Oak Ridge, which would have been the, well, the, the closest populated place to the train, but the power was out. They've been seeing all kinds of storms, massive amounts of snow there. So they said that more than a foot of snow had fallen in that area by Monday. As they were rolling along on Sunday night, about 620, they had already gone through Eugene. They came to a sudden halt, and the conductor says they had some damage from some low-hanging limbs because of this uh, sudden snowstorm that was weighing down the trees into the path of the train.
3: Now, Amtrak said it was able to provide food throughout the ordeal, but some passengers were sharing videos, and it looked... Like Lord of the Flies, we're running out of supplies.
0: Let's imagine running out of food. The first time, the first thing that happens when the train stops, everybody goes, "What the hell? do we we hit somebody? We hit a deer? What's going on?" And you would imagine that Amtrak would say, "We're going to be in a short delay here. We've got some issues with the tracks. We're just going to make sure weather related issues. So we're not letting anybody off the train." Uh, Your steward, what do they call a train person? A conductor. No, that's the guy up in the front. Whoever's going to come through and provide service for you, uh, they'll come through the cabin and make sure everybody's comfortable and got blankets and everything. So they start out with the sandwiches and the hot dogs and the liquor, sodas. Well, they blow through that quickly. The
3: first things to go were the liquor and the hot dogs. Understandable. I don't know where it comes from, but I have food security issues. Like, if I was on this train and I was not hungry at all, I had just eaten, and then suddenly we're stopped and we don't know when we're going to take off, You're just I'm gourd. buying all those hot dogs yeah. and all that liquor. You'd start eating your
0: husband's left arm.
3: i freak out. Well, I, I have don't think that's have this fear a, of, like, running out of
0: food. I don't think that's an unnatural thing. And plus, I think it's a fear issue. I mean, the unknown of we don't know when we're going to start up again, and I may have to eat seven of the people in this in this train car— <laughs> Before we get to Eugene or back to Eugene. But they said after they went through the sandwiches and the hot dogs and the liquor and soda, one of these passengers complained all they have is M&M's beer and water.
3: And that's literally all we have in our office. We have like three bins of M&M's, like a a six-pack of beer and water. We
0: we do have a a Miller Lite in that refrigerator that has been there for three years.
3: You tossed that half-eaten box of cereal, right? Yes, that Did was the we? one thing oh. I threw out when we when we decided we weren't going to be hoarders anymore. I threw one thing out, and it was the half the cereal. And it
0: doesn't matter what Amtrak does to keep the passengers informed. Someone's going to be upset. And I don't necessarily blame Amtrak here. I mean, it's not a condition that they had anything to do with. There were people who complained about how uh, the situation was handled. Uh, the mother of one passenger said Amtrak tried to charge her daughter for a blanket. Amtrak came out and said, "Listen, nobody was going to be charged for anything. This was an unforeseeable, uh, you know, delay in what it is that we were doing." By the way, what do, you, what do you think? What do you think is the time? Let's do a quick gas go around here because I don't think people understand the idea of <laughs> trains going from <laughs> Seattle to Los Angeles. Give me a time frame, Blake, from all aboard in Seattle to you've now arrived at Union Station. How long does that train trip take without not, hitting a tree branch? And it's not stopping. It's not just, stopping. Just running on through. No, no. I'm saying the Coast Starlight, the way it's advertised on the Amtrak website, mm-hmm. how long? Seattle to L.A.? I'll go with it, the, it does stop. I'll tell you that. Oh, it does stop. Yeah. I'm going to go with um, 18 hours and 43 minutes. Nick, how long does it take to get an Amtrak train from Seattle to Los Angeles? Mm, 14 hours. 14 hours. Monica?
4: These all seem like short times. Yeah. I would say like two days. Yeah, I'd say two or three days.
0: 35 hours is the timeline they have from Seattle to Los oh. Angeles because it stops at a bunch of places So,
3: well. So it's what, what I'm I hearing is that these people were already going to be on the train for that long. Yeah, It's just the running out of food thing. That's when people lose because their Because
0: I think, like you said, because there's a certain sense of food security issues. Plus, you're not that far out of Eugene. I mean, they're not that far. And the thing is, a train came from Eugene. I should say a locomotive came from Eugene and basically hooked up the train and is pulling it backwards back to Eugene so that they can... I guess, find other ways to come all the way down to Los Angeles or wherever they were going to stop.
3: Amber wrote to us on Facebook at Gary and Shannon. Do not ever take this train. I did this trip from Seattle to San Diego with my mom when I was in the seventh grade, and I almost lost my mind because it was so long. You couldn't get off the train for more than a couple minutes at the infrequent stops. Sleeping is impossible. I was singing about the squirrels I saw out the window by the end of it. Seriously, going crazy a little bit.
0: Well, I mean, that's funny. But yeah. you think about where this thing goes, and it's absolutely beautiful. When once you get out of Springfield and you go towards like Crater Lake, you go all the way over to Schumalt and into Klamath Falls oh, area. I love and the, All along those mountains there, the the Cascade Range through Oregon. Yeah, it, I mean, it's just it's incredible. And probably right now, when it is snowy, despite the fact that it is what caused the problem, that's got to be postcard material going through the nothingness of the Oakland or the Oakland, the Oakland wilderness, the Oregon wilderness. It does stop in Oakland later on. So apologies to anybody in Oakland.
3: All right. Coming up next, the interview that everyone is talking about today is the Robin Roberts interview with Selma Blair, Selma Blair, who's talking about her MS. And wow, has it taken hold of her? It's uh, it's really heartbreaking. And she seems just so damn courageous
0: through it all. We'll talk about that when we come back. Gary and Shannon will continue. I want a real girl. You're
2: not a real girl. You don't want my love. You don't want my love. You just want my money, money.
0: Gary and Shannon, 1230 is when we jump into Swamp Watch, talk about things in DC. Today, the president's former fixer is talking to members of the Senate Intelligence Committee in a private session, and then Michael Cohen will testify publicly tomorrow in front of the House intelli- uh, House Oversight Committee, and then in private, once again on Thursday, the House Intelligence Committee. So,
3: Did you hear the story out of Pennsylvania, Morrisville, Pennsylvania, where uh, a mother and a daughter, they say, killed five family members?
0: Yeah, I just saw the headline on that.
3: They say they do not know what the motive was. We're talking about a 45-year-old mother and her 19-year-old daughter. They're going to have a press conference this afternoon.
0: My uh, my wife pointed out a picture on Instagram this morning of Selma Blair. It was posted by a guy named Mike Coppola who works for Getty Images. And he was working the Vanity Fair after Oscar party on Sunday night. And he wrote his um, his caption for this photo on Instagram. I, I got to read this to you because, I first of all, I knew nothing about actress Selma Blair and her MS diagnosis. I
3: did not either. Apparently, she announced it in October of last year.
0: So Mike writes, I was fortunate enough. And by the way, we're putting the picture up on our social media so you can check it out as well. I was fortunate enough to take this picture last night of Selma Blair walking her first red carpet since revealing that she has MS at the Vanity Fair Oscar party last night. Below is my short story about, uh, quote, I have never experienced a red carpet moment so intensely human as Selma Blair walking the striped carpet at the Vanity Fair Oscar party. She appeared midway through the arrivals in a flowing dress, struggling to walk with a shiny lacquered black cane. When she arrived at the second spot on the carpet, she stopped again and looked up and started crying. Her friend was there and helped her wipe, her, uh, helped her wipe the tears away as she looked up towards the ceiling. She then said that she was crying because she was so happy. At that moment, we all pulled our cameras down, looked at her, and started clapping and cheering for her. It was super emotional. I've never seen that happen on a carpet, much less a carpet of this caliber. Selma was incredibly determined to finish walking the carpet and would not let MS or anything stop her. When asked to do an over-the-shoulder, she turned around, put her left hand in the air, and paused for a second as she was determined to take control of her body. I took my favorite shot of the night right then and captured, at least for my memory, One of the most vulnerable human moments I have been a part of in my Getty Images career. Absolutely amazing.
3: You think about that on the red carpet, and the picture really crystallizes the point that you are the focus of everyone's attention at that moment. Only you. It's just you and a very lonely carpet, and you are a fishbowl. You have uh, photographers, hundreds of them, taking pictures of you. And you are in a broken body, a body that's breaking down.
0: Yeah, and it's not the scrum that you saw outside the Kodak Theater before the Oscars. There's not dozens and hundreds of people on the... It's...
3: Just
1: her.
0: her. It's just her. Now, today, ABC played an interview that Selma Blair did with Robin Roberts about the diagnosis and about multiple sclerosis. How
2: are you doing? I am doing very well. I... Very happy to see you being able to just put put out what being in the middle of an aggressive form of multiple sclerosis is like. So my speech, as you'll notice, is uh, I have spasmodic dysphonia right now.
0: Okay. Having read that from Mike Coppola this morning, seen the image of the picture that he talked about being one of the most vulnerable human moments he'd been a part of, does not do justice to what that sound did. Right. Her voice and and the shakiness, the vocal dysphonia, the uh, spasmodic dysphonia that she described.
3: For years, she knew something wasn't right, but did not get the diagnosis until last summer.
0: Yeah, she talked about... Dealing with these different symptoms, not quite sure what to do, talked about how she would fall, she would drop things, and never really understood what the process, or what was going on with her body. And she said the original diagnosis from doctors was, you're just a single mom, you're really tired, you know, make sure you take care of yourself, uh, you're, you exhaust, eat well, sleep well, that sort of thing. And at one point, she heard from Michael J. Fox.
2: And I said, I don't know who to tell, but I'm dropping things. I'm doing strange things. He got in touch with me, and we began a conversation. So he really helped me. Plus, I was like, I have Michael J. Fox's email now. (laughs) Like, I'm pretty cool. Like, I'm cooler than I thought. But, like, really, he, he gives me hope.
3: She has a new Netflix show. Yeah. It's called Another Life. And apparently has somebody that, that works on the show basically just to help her, like, dress herself and, and do uh, everyday things.
0: She is also a mom, and she is a single mom right now. I think she divorced her husband several years ago. Yeah. They got a divorce is the better way to put it. But uh, Robin Roberts asked her, so how did your son, who is seven or eight, yes, how did he react to the diagnosis?
2: And he almost cried and said, will it kill you? And I said, no. I mean, we never know what kills us, Arthur. But this is not the doctor telling me I'm dying. And he was like, oh, okay. What gets you through those difficult days? I get in bed and I don't move. You just have to. You can't do it all. It's fine to feel really crappy and say, I got to. And my son gets it. And now I've learned not to feel guilty. What are doctors telling you? What's what's your prognosis? The doctor I saw, he said within a year, I could have, at the time, he said, 90% of my abilities back. So this is, this is to say, let's meet again next year and see if I'm better, if I'm not. And I can still have a conversation that's good enough. One of the
3: things that's most so frustrating is something that I think a lot of people face um, when they have a number of symptoms that kind of come and go and you can't really figure out what it is. Neck pain, vertigo, trouble walking, uh, sudden loss of feeling in your leg. And you go to a doctor and they say things, what, the, what, they, what they told Selma, like you said, is, you know, you're a single mom, you're tired. Also, they chalked up her symptoms to depression. Or hormones or an actress simply being dramatic. And that has got to be one of the most frustrating things. And I know for people that struggle with a variety of symptoms and they go and they're trying to figure out what's wrong. They want a name for it. They want a course of action. And it's really frustrating when the doctors kind of just throw up their hands and say, I don't know, maybe you're depressed. You know, and you know in your heart of hearts that it's not that, that there's something really wrong and please find it. I mean, that's got to be so frustrating.
0: She says that one of the reasons was that she wants to make sure that women aren't making the same mistakes with their medical treatment, that, that you're not just going to take – if you know something is wrong, right. you're not just going to take the doctor's word the, the first diagnosis necessarily. Do you know who's become a confidant of hers in a strange way? Chris Jenner. Remember, she played Kris Jenner
3: Oh yeah, that's in that right.
0: miniseries, The People vs. O.J. Simpson, that's American right. Crime That's right, I had
3: forgotten about that. And I
0: guess they've struck up a friendship, and uh, they've been friends wow. ever since the production of that show. So.
3: All right, coming up next, California's Big One. This is the second article we've had in as many weeks about how California's Big One may not be an earthquake. The last story was it, it could be this
0: uh, arc storm. Oh, that's right.
3: And now we've got another uh, catastrophic possibility on our hands. Aren't,
0: yeah. Okay. Well.
3: Did we get bored talking about the massive earthquake that's <laughs> going to hit at any moment?
0: Yeah, we got to add some uh, spice to it because we've done it all in the movies before. So we got to try to put them all together, I guess, at once. Oh, and don't forget giant lizards coming out of the Pacific Ocean. That's next.
4: Gary and Shannon. Monica, what's up? L.A. City Councilman Mike Bonin has joined activists at City Hall who want the city powered by 100% green energy by 2030. Bonin says we need to start putting the the new green deal into action. And that is what Los Angeles is doing. The new Green Deal is legislation in Congress to combat climate change. News brought to you by Reborn Cabinets. Gardena police say they need your help to find
1: a killer.
0: Investigators say they only have a video of a light-colored sedan leaving the area.
1: People heard, and there were vehicles leaving the location. And those are the people that we really need to contact because I'm sure they saw something. It's right at the... Uh, intersection right there off of 146 in Haldale.
0: Chief Tom King says on Friday at around 7 p.m.,
5: 17-year-old David Amaro Pablano was headed to his mom's house when he was fatally shot. So we need the community's help. To help find the killer that was involved, the suspects that were involved in
1: this senseless killing.
2: Steve Gregory, King of Fine News.
4: Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell says he expects the economy will keep growing, but more slowly. Powell told Congress the Fed will be patient with any possible interest rate increases. Powell says the economy is facing some headwinds like wage disparity and heavy borrowing.
0: It is widely agreed that the federal government debt is on and
5: unsustainable.
3: It's been described as a roller coaster relationship between the president and Kim Jong un. That Trump went from threatening North Korea with fire and fury to saying he and Kim are in love. Kim, of course, once calling the president a dotard, now uh, pledging to denuclearize his I nation.
0: I forgot that. <laughs> hmm. There is a uh, big storm rolling through Northern California. We may see some remnants of it. I think tomorrow there's a chance we could see some rain. But the storm stretches all the way into Montana. And basically, winter storm flood advisories are are hosted in Northern California. If you just drew a line from San Jose across the state and went north, just about everybody up there is getting rain today. It's pretty significant in some areas.
3: Do you hear that at all? The static in this year?
0: No. Okay. Do I hear the static in your ear? Are you okay?
3: Well, I didn't know if it was a issue.
0: Wait, did you hear that? Did you hear that voice just a second ago?
2: What is that?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't. No, I'm not going to listen. Are you guys all right in there? (laughs) Oh yeah, that's weird. That sounds like an ocean. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like you got a seashell in that uh, in that headphone <laughs> right exactly there. It's exactly what it sounds like. Like, what did you do, Blake? Didn't did you do it, Blake? Or nope. Okay, well, did you push that button? Time out, a quick. Okay, no, now I got it. it. I got it. We're good. You sure? It went away. Did you push the button? No.
3: It's not that button. <sighs> the. Uh... <laughs> you sound like crazy.
0: Uh, sound like my grandma. Just today. <laughs> Well, how come I can't get the TV on? <laughs> it says I'm watching Channel 3. Did you
3: push the button?
0: Did you push the button? <laughs> Damn it. No.
3: Oh, God. All right. Uh, let's talk. Here, of,
0: give me it. Let's
3: talk about
0: our, impen- Move.
3: our impending death.
0: All right. The impending death. California is going to go into the ocean. <laughs> Uh, the U.S. Geological Survey, by the way, I want to work for the U.S. Geological Survey in the reports department where all they do is come up with ways that, that the we're world, all
3: going to die. The world
0: is going to end.
3: They've released this 50-page report called California's Exposure to Volcanic Hazards. Not That's funny. Beautiful. And it assigns threat levels to eight volcanoes in California, moderate, high, and very high. It's like bad, batter. Worst. Why are you laughing?
0: (laughs) I think they're smarter than that. Bad, badder, and worse. Well,
3: moderate's not great. Like a moderate hazard from a volcano is bad. It's not good. No. (laughs) Um, Most of these volcanoes are in the northern and central part of the state. And they say nearly 200,000 people live, work, and pass through these zones on a daily basis.
0: I, listen, I was born and raised in California. I've lived here again for 15 years. I've never heard of some of these things.
2: Agree.
3: Uh, some of them I have. Well, I, mean, I remember a forgettable vacation on a houseboat at Lake Shasta.
0: Forgettable in that you can't remember it or forgettable like it wasn't great?
3: It wasn't great. All we had were hot dogs and natty ice.
0: So you were basically stuck on an Amtrak train in Lake Shasta. Yes. Okay. The eight volcanic areas that exist in California, Medicine Lake Volcano, way up uh, east of Mount Shasta, Mount Shasta, that's two, Lassen Volcanic Center. I've been to the top of Mount Lassen. It's beautiful. Uh, Clear Lake Volcanic Field, the Long Valley Volcanic Region, which is sort of in the central uh, part of the Sierras the Kosovo Volcanic Field, and the Salton Buttes. Those last
3: two, I have no idea. what no. I've never heard of them. You want to hear the number, the, the, the probability here. 16% probability of an eruption in the next 30 years.
0: Over w- one of any of those eight uh, volcanic areas that they talked right. about. And overall, on average, they say that about 200,000 people live, work, or pass through a volcanic hazard zone Every single day in California, of course, a volcanic eruption is never like a funny tourist attraction. I mean, I guess it could be. But when you think of the the massive volcanic eruptions that have uh, taken place over the last few decades, I mean, Mount St. Helens is probably the best example of what we saw coming. There was some smoke and ice melting on Mount St. Helens before it erupted. Was it 80?
5: Yes. 81?
0: Now, so th- that type of an eruption is what they're talking about.
3: Here's the thing. They said 16% probability of an eruption over the next 30 years, right? But then, you know, we talked about how they they assessed these as moderate, high, or very high risk. They're all high or very high, except for one that's moderate. Most yeah. of them are very high, Mount well, Shasta being one of them, and well, Lassen.
0: Shasta, Medicine Lake, Lassen, uh, the Ubehebe Crat- Craters, and the Long Valley Volcanic Region, and the Salton Buttes. That's, that's Six of them have had eruptions within the last 3,000 years, so they're technically considered still, uh, I guess they would be dormant but ready to go. The steps now, they say, would be reducing volcanic risk, uh, assessing site and sector-specific vulnerabilities, developing mitigation strategies, collective efforts of scientists, land managers, civil authorities, lifeline operators, communities, etc. But theres I don't understand what it is that you do. How do you prepare for something like that? The potential for an earthquake – sorry, the potential for a volcanic eruption like this, you've got toxic gas emissions – You've got earthquakes, obviously, hot springs, geothermal systems, ground movement, and every type of resource and infrastructure is potentially at risk in that case. Water, power, natural gas, ground and air transportation, telecommunication systems. We saw when the flya Jaya, Bjorkadal, whatever that was, uh, up in, in Iceland, when that thing erupted, it affected air travel for weeks after that because you can't fly a plane through volcanic ash. I'm looking up the pronunciation. Good luck on that. <laughs> the flya yaya all I think I-a-f- I've nailed I it. Apply your curdle. I've pretty much nailed yeah, it. Yeah, you did pretty good. I mean, the percentage may not be great, but it's better than a lot of people could do. Um, they said overhead electric, electric transmission lines of three of California's major utilities pass through these volcanic hazard zones, as well as. 178 associated substations. So great. We know that we live in an, uh, a place with volcanoes, but the best news that I think we can go to bed with and sleep tight tonight is we will soon have an high speed rail between Merced and Bakersfield.
3: An earthquake slash arc storm slash volcanic eruption
0: and lizard, giant lizards coming and from giant
3: the sea. lizards coming from the sea. Man, that is a, my personal nightmare. What
0: a job.
4: Really? Yes.
0: So you would not work in the U.S. Geological Survey's report desk? No. Oh man, it would be awesome,
4: Chris. I, I mean, cr- if it's an indoors, well, away from it's the giant
0: lizards, probably in Colorado somewhere, away from the end. Uh,
4: what if they're friendly lizards? No. What if they let you like ride them? Nope. Oh god,
0: ride them?
3: Yeah, like a horse, but it's a giant lizard,
4: like an alligator.
3: Yeah.
0: No. I don't think it's going to happen.
3: Chris and Carlo's wife has tweeted us. Oh. She says, Chris and I are halfway through that documentary, and holy bob.
0: Holy bob. Yeah, you know what? She is absolutely 100% correct on that. Holy! When we come back, we're going to set up the way. I think we're going to have to talk about and figure out a way to get through this hour tomorrow. Yeah. Because we're going to do a full hour on Abducted in Plain Sight. That tomorrow Netflix at 11. Yeah, that's what we're planning on right
4: Hashtag now. Hashtag gas therapy. Mm, I like that.
0: that I'm going to
4: tweet that
3: yes, there. right now.
0: All right. Coming up next, the explanation of abducted in plain sight before we get into and share each other's pain slash confusion. (laughs) Gary and Shannon will continue.
2: I mean, I've started
3: limiting my trips to the market because of those little terrorists. Don't say that. I mean, no, I don't want any more Girl Scout cookies. I
0: didn't want them when I walked into the store. I don't want I don't them when I'm, when I'm leaving. Out of the store.
4: I literally walked out of a different entrance yesterday yes, yes, around right. an You've entire parking dodge lot. those
3: little smiling cute terrorists.
0: <laughs> I avoided a store entirely. I just I just drove I just kept driving.
3: You know, stop Words? trying to make me fat. Yeah. They don't know what it's like to 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 not eat the entire sleeve of Thin Mints. They haven't reached that point in their lives oh, where just you know, one sleeve at a time. They can. Yeah. It's
0: just a matter of that. Then they can run around at school and Ugh. work it off. You they know.
3: they just don't understand how harmful their product is. Just wait, ladies. <laughs> Do you know how many calories? <laughs> that's, that's
0: exactly what I say to them. And yeah. I got uh, accosted <laughs> outside of the Ralphs the other night. the The girl had her her she had her spiel memorized, oh, and was, like, just rapid-firing. Is there any chance that you would like to buy some, some Samoas? or some lemon drip. they're <laughs> going to help the Girl Scouts, and I get my uh, Sorry. You know what? One day, you're going to try to eat cookies, and you're going to be fat.
4: Oh, my God. You know, per, th- those peanut butter cookies? Delicious. Uh, like 130 calories per cookie. Yeah. Like 8 grams of fat. Her cookie? They have no idea. They're like they're like uh they're like drug cartels. The worst part Those is that kids. in the past you could just be like, Oh, I'm sorry, I don't have any cash on me. Now they're like, Oh, we take credit card. Yeah, they yeah. take everything. They take their your soul. Yeah. And <laughs> your thighs. Well,
0: I try to go shopping with my son so they could take my firstborn in exchange for some cookies.
3: They are persistent too. Yeah you know they make eye contact that's the key you can't make eye contact with those kids just
0: pretend to be on the phone i've done that before
3: and
4: it's like seven oh, of them good. at a yeah. time yeah
3: they Ugh. really work the numbers it's like game like the
4: gang mentality yeah yeah it is a gang
0: kids man uh let's um let's talk about bob
2: this is the most difficult case i've ever had in my life
0: uh,
3: I feel bad for that guy. That's the an FBI, FBI agent Bob.
0: who investigated the kidnapping of Jan Broberg. That kidnapping, I should say, those kidnappings are the subject of a documentary on Netflix called Abducted in Plain Sight. Uh, I did the
2: worst thing I've ever done.
0: Yeah, Bob did the worst thing he's ever done. And I can't get into, well, let me say what Bob did. He says,
2: now. oh, can you give me some relief? We were laughing, and he said, Oh, Bob, it's just kid stuff. Just kid stuff. And I've got to have relief.
3: Hey, when you were a kid, nope. and you were hanging out not with me? Not
0: one time.
3: Buddies. It's amazing.
0: It's so amazing. <gasps> and I had a wonderful childhood. I had a lot of friends, and I was excited. We were happy we would play football. Quick gas and I, go around. No, we're not doing that. Yes, we are. No, we are not. Blake? Just say no, Blake. You don't have to play the music. Oh, oh.
4: Like, play the... We're all uncomfortable in here. In. <laughs> play the GD music.
0: She's the scariest one of all you guys, so...
2: <laughs> all right.
3: Blake? I've got a room full of boys here, men. Blake, when you were a kid... No. Did you ever... Do nope. you know what I'm talking about? You Nick, seen what about you? No.
0: no. I no. can put pieces together pretty quick here. You guys have been spouting off about what he's done the past three days. The yeah. worst thing he's ever no, done. No, none of those things. I did the Everything worst thing. Was- Victor, never... Uh, Wait a minute! I, I don't know what you're talking about, just, but I just don't think no. I did. Okay. No, I didn't. Just I'm, gonna, I'm no. gonna lay money on that, Victor. Just say no, no. Yeah, uh, I am also a no. Monica, on that one. you ever
3: talk to uh, a guy friend of yours that says it's a thing? Nope.
0: Never did. the So, worst thing. guys,
3: nope. why would Bob think that this was okay?
2: Is Our Idaho, Idaho childhood's different? Why
3: do you think Bob uh, is of that of uh, of that way?
0: This listen. There are very few reasons why you would think that was okay, unless that was your way. What are the reasons? I don't know. I don't know.
3: <laughs> your face just did you know, bob.
0: Well, it's just the worst thing I've ever done. I, don't...
2: I did the uh. worst thing I've ever done.
3: No, no it's that, not. As, is... It's not as bad as what your wife did, Bob.
0: Wait. Oh mm. well. Yeah. I mean, cause yes. It's a different, but the same. Listen, there is so much to talk about when it comes to abducted in plain sight.
3: We're going to take an hour. We're all going to get together tomorrow at 11 a.m. right here in this safe space. We're going to unpack this mess. We're going to go through all of our questions. And we're going to have some sort of national healing.
0: Yeah, if you you have questions after seeing this, again, I'm going to say it again. And people are going to ask over and over again. It's abducted in plain sight. It's available on Netflix, 90 minutes long. It will raise a whole lot more questions than answers. It will make you frustrated beyond, and I don't mean frustrated like like Bob's sitting next to you frustrated. I mean frustrated like frustrated in terms of how people could be so naive about what was going on in their home. Over and
4: over and over,
0: and over, and over, and over again. And over. You forgot an over. There's one more over in there.
3: Let's just say it's hard to imagine parents letting a 40 year old man sleep in their daughter's bedroom for six months. Because.
0: Because the doctor. After he's kidnapped her. Because the doctor, (laughs) finger quotes, doctor, told him that that would help in therapy. Just to, to, to sleep in the same bed with the teenage. Listen, this... and this, there's no point. There's nothing that we could say today. There's nothing that we could jam into this little segment that, that gives would, it away. That would give anything oh, away. a because mountain. No matter what we've said, of hell. there's more. Absolutely. Trust me, there is
3: more. And I think my entire takeaway from the whole thing is that, and I've always believed this, people should have to take a test to procreate, to have children. You should have to pass a test. I don't believe that that's a right everyone should have.
0: Well, uh, this is the thing. Watch it. Come back with us tomorrow. We're going to talk about abducted in plain sight. If you have questions about that, email them to us. Tweet them to us. We're getting a lot of comments from
3: people that uh, watched it because of us Mm -hmm. and have said things like, what have you done? I know.
0: That's why I'm saying we need to come together and and do something Mm -hmm. as a family. It's a day of healing. Something like that.
3: I'll bring in Steve Gregory, Snuggy. Bring the
0: weighted blanket. You can blanket. bring the
3: weighted blanket. Oh, oh the idea. weighted blanket. Maybe we oh, light nice. a candle. Bring or a or can. maybe we have alien voices in our ears.
0: Again, you're giving... Is that what you're hearing
2: in your headphones? Uh, you can be cool. You can be shy. Say what you want. Say what you want. <laughs>
3: Steph says, I started watching Abducted in Plain Sight before bed last night. What the F did you guys encourage me to watch? I don't know if I'm more mad at you guys or Jan's stupid ass parents.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's
0: bad. So good. Uh, And mom, you told me this yesterday. Mom is a foster care coordinator, she's a
3: foster care and adoption specialist. So she's looking after kids that are in foster care, because if there's one person that I want to fight for kids and make sure they're in uh, safe homes, it's Jan freaking Grover's mom. You
0: <laughs> Set your clock by at 11 o'clock tomorrow. We're going to recap all of Abducted in Plain Sight. Bottom of the hour, Aaron Katursky is going to join us. We're going to be talking about what's going on with Michael Cohen and his testimony today behind closed doors before a Senate committee. but. Tomorrow's the big deal when he goes public and then has another day of testimony on Thursday before a House committee. So all of that is going to be wrapped up at uh, 1230.
3: Hey, what else is going on?
1: Time for What's Happening.
3: happening? North Carolina is in the news because... Mark Harris is not going to be running in the new election for the House there in North Carolina. This was a guy we told you about last week. He had a Republican operative working for his campaign who apparently tampered with absentee ballots. And the reason we talked about this, one of the reasons, is because Mark Harris's son is a federal prosecutor and was telling his dad, hey, I think this guy you've got working for the campaign is breaking the law. Hey, you should probably uh, get rid of this guy. Dad didn't. He was winning the hotly contested race by, I believe, 900 votes or something when this all was uncovered. Um, But dad said that he didn't listen to his son's advice because his son was only 27, judgmental, and a bit arrogant.
0: So the the elections board never certified the outcome because of the – uh, the hijinks, perhaps, about these mail-in ballots that were illegally collected. And yesterday uh, ordered, uh, sorry, last week ordered a new election. Mark Harris says he's not going to be doing it. Now, he says he's not doing it because of health reasons, but he didn't describe what those were necessarily. He says he does need a surgery that's uh, scheduled for late March. So the Democrat that was involved in all of that is a Dan McCready is going to run. Again, but they're going to have to do it from the beginning. So they're going to have to do a whole primary and then a, a general election as well.
3: A lot of talk about Michael Cohen today, the president's former personal attorney and self-described fixer. He is on Capitol Hill meeting behind closed doors today with congressional. Uh, is it the, is it the Senate, Senate, Senate Intelligence. Intelligence Committee? OK. And then tomorrow is the open hearing that we will uh, be able to watch. And then on Thursday, he meets with the House Intelligence Committee behind closed doors.
0: Uh, R. Kelly is out on jail and uh, I guess it's fun. To- to kind of follow this guy around and see what you do after you spend a couple days in jail. The surviving R. Kelly documentary is back on TV if you want to check it out. But he scraped together finally $100,000 that he needed to secure his release, you know, 10% down for your million-dollar bail. And he left the jail, fought through the crowd of uh, camera people out there, gets in a large black van, drives through the city, cuts through the West Loop River North, and then... Goes to McDonald's. Goes to McDonald's. There were several
3: onlookers, including children, gathered in the area as music blared. Some women took selfies, sat on the hood of a car next to Kelly's van, and danced after he left the restaurant. Apparently, he is accused of frequenting that same McDonald's location to speak with young girls. Uh... He then went to a cigar lounge, Biggs Mansion. Where he spent several hours. Hours? Yeah. Well, you know, you drink, you smoke cigars, you talk about sexually assaulting young girls.
0: I have not been to the right cigar bars, apparently. Uh, Santa Anita racetrack has been closed. This Uh, is sad. This is another horse that has died. 19 horses have died in two months.
3: It's terrible. It really is very sad when this happens.
0: Larry Peel has a three-year-old filly that was injured on the track. Uh, Peel said it was running in a race, and we found out after the race that it had a fractured knee and chips in the other knee. Um, but they said that the track, the rain actually might be a factor in this because the track is very hard. In fact, he said it's like the 210 freeway. It was concrete. So the uh, Santa Anita has formed an industry committee to come in To oversee the track's inspection, Um, one death is considered too many at these tracks, and they've had 19 horses die in two months.
3: Let me introduce you to my favorite person of the day. He's 64. His name's Terry Robeson, and he lives in Spring, Texas. And he has sat down and crunched the numbers when he considers his options for retirement, either a retirement home or a holiday inn. He has figured out that the average cost of a nursing home and the nursing home care is about $188 per day. However, a, a long-term stay at Holiday Inn with that senior discount is about fifty-nine twenty-three per day. That leaves, he says, <laughs> about 129 bucks a day for lunch, dinner in any restaurant he wants, room service, laundry, gratuities, special TV movies. Special TV movies. Um, what does that <laughs> mean? Uh, uh, what do you think it means?
0: Abducted in plain sight on Netflix.
3: More like Robert Kraft, I think. Okay. Or you know, take your pick.
0: Plus, they provide <laughs> a spa, swimming pool, a workout room, a lounge, washer, dryer, etc. Free toothpaste, razors, shampoo, soap. Five dollars a day and tips will have the entire staff scrambling to help you. True story.
3: Not a lot of people tip at hotels. Five bucks a day is
0: pretty good. Uh, I wonder if uh, I wonder if the Holiday Inn has something to say about this. Like how long can you allow someone to stay in your Holiday Inn?
3: I think they have different uh different rules. I mean, well, if if he's paying and he's a paying customer and, and if the rates a problem, are the
0: same, if he gets tired of the one in Texas, run on up to Oklahoma for a month. Like, that's hey, true. Let's go. Check out Louisiana. Just make your make round. Or just
3: he, another Holiday Inn in, in
0: Texas. He didn't talk about what kind of health he's in, but he said staff like a security guard or maid could check in to see if he's okay. <laughs> or, as, or as he could call an ambulance or an undertaker, whichever is needed.
3: There you go. He's got it worked out. <laughs> okay. Yay, Terry. Yay. Terry. All right, coming up next, there is a Syracuse restaurant in trouble, uh, and it goes back to the Robert Kraft story. Back to Robert Kraft's time at Orchids of Asia Day Spa. What does Bob have to say about
2: that? I did the worst thing I've ever done.
0: You think...
3: What? (laughs) Come on. Don't censor yourself. You think the
0: Bobs knew each other?
3: Bob Kraft and and Bob... Bob uh, Broberg. Roberg. And not... Not likely, but they are similar in some way to me. I don't know. How old no, were the Asian ladies?
0: They're probably not that old.
3: And were they ladies?
4: Good, Like lady boys?
0: We, Is that you what you're guys, getting at? I want to stop whatever's going on here. <laughs> you started yeah. it. We'll take a commercial break. We're diving into a dark hole. The Robert easy. Kraft sandwiches. <laughs> oh, Gary and Shannon will continue.
2: I'm at an all-time <laughs>
0: Some of these reactions... To abducted in plain sight are my favorite thing. I know.
3: We're, we should go through those, too, because people them, hate us.
0: One of them today says, you guys are the biggest I apples. After them. seeing that documentary, I had to take three showers and spend a night and a half in church. F you guys. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> I hate us as well. But here, here's the thing. Yes. We didn't want to be alone in this hell. We wanted all of you to be with us.
0: Power in numbers. That's what I say. Uh, tomorrow at 11 is when we're going to talk about... Abducted in Plain Sight on Netflix. Check it out tonight.
3: Well, there's a barbecue restaurant. We talked about barbecue as it relates to Kansas City because Robert Kraft, on the day that the Patriots were going to be playing in Kansas City in the AFC Championship game, which was a fantastic game, Robert Kraft, the Patriots owner, was at the Orchids of Asia Day Spa in Jupiter, Florida, getting a little uh, uh, dry rub barbecue.
0: Okay, uh, for the second time in 17 hours, by the way. He had been there Saturday afternoon as well.
3: That's impressive, isn't it? No. Listen, I'm trying to find a silver lining for this story.
0: I There is none. Is no. there a silver lining in this story? No. Here's the silver lining in this story. A human trafficking ring has been taken down. That's the silver lining in this story. The barbecue chain restaurant with a location in Brooklyn apologized for using the prostitution bust of the Patriots owner to sell their pulled pork sandwich. They offered this weekly special named after Robert Kraft.
3: The, can I, you say I, that? What? The jer- the jerked and pulled chicken sandwich?
0: Yeah. Um, they did, which by the way, why are you struggling so hard with brilliant marketing on their part, right? I've never heard of dinosaur barbecue. The social media backlash over the jerked and pulled sandwich forced dinosaur barbecue to come forward with an apology. It was a joke that we didn't completely think through. We apologize to anyone who was offended from the human trafficking aspect well of of course of course you knew that was going to happen you can't you can't separate the two although there are people who have done just that two counts first degree solicitation in the case again in terms of the legal case against robert Kraft, you're talking about the effectively a traffic ticket in terms of the level of infraction that he's accused of
3: it's an embarrassment, bigger, more than anything. Yeah. Um, sources at ESPN who have seen the surveillance videos... No!
0: ...say there is not it somebody is who were-
3: unquestionably Robert Kraft, and there's. it's going to be impossible for him to dispute the charges.
0: You can see the six uh, Super Bowl rings on his hand.
3: A new... I hope he didn't... A new uh, NFL statement on the allegations says the league is seeking, um, quoting here, a full understanding of the facts. Does that mean that the league is going to take a look at this surveillance video as well?
0: Well, that would be an ironic thing, wouldn't it? That I mean, they don't the look league, at other videos. I was going to
3: say the league does not bend over backward to find videos of stars punching girlfriends in elevators and the like. Will they br- bend over backwards? Excuse me for that. Uh, to find video of their most successful team owner getting a massage.
0: It sounds like it. That's exactly what it sounds like.
3: They have to, right? I mean, the league has gotten so much crap for trying to bury all the, the, the wrongdoings of its stars. Here's one of its biggest stars.
0: You mentioned this, uh, and I finally saw it yesterday, the people who have been showing up outside the Orchids of Asia day spa wearing, like, Jets jerseys and Dolphins jerseys, uh, keeping it real in that AFC East, that's for sure. Um, One fan told the newspaper that his trip to the site was cathartic after growing up in Boston and having to live with the Patriots.
3: That's funny. (laughs) That is funny. Um, Tom Brady, by the way, has been hanging out with Robert Kraft. They took a flight from L.A. to Boston yesterday together and they were seen hugging on the tarmac.
0: Yeah, I don't. I mean, did Tom kiss him on the lips? Probably again. You have
3: to. I mean, Tom Brady has to kiss everybody on the lips.
0: Well, they they didn't kiss him on the lips in the spa. So you don't know. He was at a – Robert Kraft was at a pre-Oscar party, by the way, the other night, which is why he was in L.A. He hasn't been arrested. Like I said, he's expected to turn himself in sometime in the coming days. 60 days in jail if convicted, but again – Do you think he's going
3: to donate to some sort of sex trafficking uh, charity? He should. Yeah. That would be a good move.
0: And I think it's – I mean, just in terms of him trying to reverse the negative publicity, it's got to be a pretty significant amount. 6.6 6.6 billion, this guy's got trappling around in his uh, pockets. That's a new word I came up with. Trappling. Trappling. That's good. It's like jangling and invested wisely at the same time. Trampling. Trappling. Trappling. Trappling around a in his New
3: word pockets. Tuesday, everybody.
0: We have uh, Swamp Watch coming up in a few minutes. And when we get to it, uh, Aaron Koterski is going to join us. We're going to talk about what Michael Cohen is going to say and has been saying, actually. As he gets uh gets ready to testify for three straight days today in a closed door meeting with a Senate intelligence committee and then tomorrow and Wednesday, sorry, tomorrow and Thursday with some House committees, what it is that he's going to be talking about.
3: Also, a full breakdown of where we're at with Khloe Kardashian versus
0: Jordan Woods. Nope. We're not doing that. Oh, one
4: One no? job. She had one job.
0: Which yeah. was the one job. Just, uh, sit just there? to just be her be friend. The
4: friend. Be a friend. Live in the wealth.
0: Didn't Mind she, her, your business. You guys, she she blacked out. She doesn't remember anything.
4: Yeah, what happened the rest of the month?
0: Oh.
4: Oh, it was a whole month they were cheating for, yeah. huh?
0: You guys pay way too much attention
4: to
3: Too this. much. It's awful. Gary and Shannon. I'll
2: be about you now.
3: Look at all the latest from the Trump-Kim Jong-un summit in Vietnam coming up.
0: We'll also be uh, talking with Jason Nathanson at the top of the outer. Uh, John Lasseter, you know, the former head of Pixar. Um, Emma Thompson has released a letter she wrote about why she was going to be pulling out of a movie. And it's all because of John Lasseter and the controversy surrounding his behaviors. So we'll talk about that coming up at 1 o'clock. It's time for Swamp Watch. Swamp
1: Watch. Drain the swamp. We're gonna drain the swamp of Washington. We're gonna have fun doing it. We're all doing it together. Drain the swamp.
3: Drain
2: the swamp. Drain the swamp. swamp launch.
3: Michael Cohen is all the talk on Capitol Hill today as he meets with the Senate Intelligence Committee behind closed doors. Tomorrow's the big public testimony day. Aaron Koterski is following this for us joins us now. Aaron, what's the latest?
5: Well, we don't know because he's behind closed doors and he still apparently is there. So we're waiting to find out how the testimony is going. Uh, in the meantime, back in New York, Michael Cohen's officially been disbarred, according to a uh, filing with the court. So he has that, you know, when he gets out to uh, to, to learn. And uh, tomorrow will be his day before uh, the, the House Oversight Committee, and that'll be an open open hearing.
0: What is the um, what's the expectation that he's going to say something or what is the, what are the topics that cannot be heard publicly that he's going to be talking about today?
5: Well, we, we we don't know specifically, but the last time he came before the committee was when he lied about the negotiations to build a Trump branded skyscraper in Moscow. So presumably one thing that the committee wanted, would like to know is so why July and what's the truth? Um, beyond that, we're not sure what the the scope of the questions is going to be. We know tomorrow when he testifies openly, Michael Cohen, according to sources familiar with what he's going to say, plans to reveal a document that he believes proves President Trump committed a crime while in office.
3: And his whole willingness to do this and to sing like a canary is, is based on, if I'm remembering correctly, what he feels like a repentance, like a personal repentance of some kind?
5: Well, his attorneys say that he's a changed man, that, you know, he, he he was blindly loyal to President Trump, but no longer. And he's had a change of heart, even as the White House tries to discredit him as a liar, which he certainly is. And his lawyer was frank that the burden is on Michael Cohen to prove that he is a different person and a changed man and someone who is now committed to the truth.
0: Yeah, and I, it's got to be an uphill clam, I would assume. Um, in terms of the political theater that is surrounding this, this is one of the more exciting things that we've seen, at least in this new year uh, in Washington, D.C.
5: Well, I, you know, I, I think if someone's coming to the Hill to accuse the president of the United States of committing a crime while in office, you know, that's pretty good um, for, for theater. And it'll, of course, be discredited by the White House, even as the president is traveling uh, overseas to meet with the leader of North Korea. Uh, But certainly it's been a focal point for for the nation's capital and for much of the country, really, as they wait to see what insights Cohen provides, because we're told that he is going to reveal things about his 10-year professional relationship with Donald Trump that will give an insight into the man that Cohen knew, things that that have never come out before.
3: Is this uh, unprecedented for a sitting president's former attorney to, to talk about the president's character? Uh, during their working relationship,
5: um, I, I, it, I'm hard pressed to think of a, another recent example. Yeah. Um, but again, like let, let's also wait to see what he's actually asked and what he's actually what he actually says. You know, because there is no, you know, he 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 did lie for a long time for Donald Trump. He was a bully for a long time for Donald Trump, and um, you know, I think now how he comports himself in open session before a, a, a committee. Is going to be telling, and and I think, of course, it automatically cuts two ways, as so much does in our lives these days. If your 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 uh, preconceived idea is that you know the president's a bad guy, here comes his former attorney to confirm it for you. Or if you think that Michael Cohen's a scumbag and and you know he's just out to hose the president, well then I'm sure you'll find something in his testimony that confirms your view. So um, I, I think how the testimony is uh, is perceived may ultimately be in the eye of the beholder, although there's no doubt that from what we're told, Cohen is prepared to present evidence to back up some of his assertions.
3: Yeah. And if he does that, uh, then what's the next step for Congress?
5: I, I don't know that there's an immediate next step. I mean, I, if he accuses the president of a crime, I guess Congress will have to decide whether it's an impeachable offense. Um, but, you know, let's let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Let's let the man speak and, and let Congress react. We'll undoubtedly get an opposing view from Republicans and from the White House. And uh, I, I'm not sure there, there is an immediate next step, but it's, it's clearly an opening salvo for um, the Democrats in the House as they prepare to conduct what they've called a different kind of oversight uh, than perhaps the president faced while Republicans were in control.
0: I've heard that uh, there could be some financial records that Michael Cohen possesses that would then sort of open the door for Democrats to subpoena President Trump's tax
5: records. Th- th- that- and would that makes sense because he's already implicated the president in a in a campaign finance violation related to hush payments to Stormy Daniels and Karen McDougal, who had accused you know the president of an extramarital affair. So if he has a canceled check, or if he has bank records, or if he has something that could give the 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 committee reason to pursue uh, the president further, further, that you know could be something the committee would be interested in.
0: Where and and describe how President Trump would describe the relationship with Michael Cohen. He has kind of pushed a, pushed him away quite a bit in the last year or so.
5: Oh, he sure has. I mean, there is no relationship between the president and Michael Cohen, but. In the past, um, you know, uh, June 2018, the president said, "I always liked Michael Cohen. I, I like Michael. He's a good person." Uh, you know, January 2017, Michael Cohen's a very talented lawyer. He's a good lawyer in my firm. 2017, June 2017, Michael's a great lawyer, loyal, a wonderful per- person. You know, and of course, the, the, the Michael Cohen once said he'd take a bullet for Donald Trump. So the 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 loyalty went both ways, but that's loyalty that is now over.
0: All right, Aaron. Thank you. Appreciate it. Okay. Aaron Katursky there with the latest on uh, Michael Cohen's testimony. Today in private uh, hearing, tomorrow public, and then Thursday private once again. different, uh, Different committees there in Congress.
3: Coming up next, the National Emergency Declaration at the border was the subject of a heated debate on Capitol Hill today. We'll tell you about that. Also, what's going on in Vietnam? What do you think they're eating for dinner?
0: I don't know. I'm not familiar with Vietnamese food. Mandarin's? Smells wonderful in here, I just by the don't,
3: way, don't know <laughs> if um if the uh if the president is an ethnic food eater. You know, he mm-hmm. likes the Big Macs.
0: Um they got McDonald's. They and, do. they kind of do. Oil.
3: McDonald's sure. is everywhere.
0: Gary and Shanna will continue in just a moment.
2: This must be
0: A reminder, tomorrow at 11 a.m., we're going to do our uh, breakdown and rebuild after Abducted in Plain Sight on Netflix. Enough people have been seeing it and writing into us and calling us bad names. Hey, I'll take it. You got to know. You got to see it. Do you? You do.
3: Did this family need to, as you say, uh, go national with their story? Let me
0: ask you. If Jan's mom and dad had seen a documentary like Abducted in Plain Sight, you think that same stuff would have happened?
4: Yes, they're idiots. Absolutely. There's I just this, there's want... this like,
3: blind faith of that family, and I, I unfortunately think religion plays a little bit of a part in it.
0: There's a lot that we'll have to get to, including my wife even saying, 45 years after the events of this documentary, Yeah. Th- we have friends that she would just say, "You know, I don't. You don't need to take my daughter on a horseback riding trip for five days." Like that, there's a, even though we love and trust these people in our yeah. lives, you don't you don't need to do that. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I can get her to piano lesson. We're good. Yeah, no, I'm not bringing you a sandwich.
3: Weird story out of Morrisville, Pennsylvania. A mother and her daughter have killed five of their close relatives, including three children. And were found disoriented, the mother and the daughter, when child welfare authorities arrived for a surprise visit to their apartment. The motive? Unclear. How the five family members were killed? Unclear. Wow. The victims were uh, were the mother's kids. So... Uh, 25-year-old daughter, uh, 13-year-old son, as well as an aunt, uh, the, the mother's sister, and her twin daughters, nine years old.
0: So she did this to her own kids and employed one of the kids to help kill the sisters.
3: They said that mom and daughter were disoriented and furniture in the apartment had been turned over Glass was everywhere. Weird. Five murders.
0: Uh, In Swamp Watch, we continue. The House Democrats set to deliver a rebuke of the president. The chamber is supposed to vote to overturn the national emergency declaration at the border. According to the president's allies, conservative allies in the House, they say they're confident of very few Republican defectors on the vote. But it is controlled, of course, by Democrats. They do have the majority in the House right now. So that would send the measure to the Senate. It would only take a handful of Republican defectors to pass it there. Uh, In all, this would be a rejection of the executive order to declare an emergency uh, along the border so he could use other money to pay for his wall. He is going to prevail. Obviously, he can veto. Even if it does pass the Senate, he can veto. And it's not necessarily going to uh, – they wouldn't have enough votes necessarily to override a veto, hence the victory for the president. But that's not to say that's the end of it. This thing is going to go to the Supreme Court. I don't know how it doesn't. I can't imagine a scenario where it doesn't. Oh,
3: well, the it's president your... – No, go, go ahead. It.
0: No, you, the president. I was going to ask you about registering for selective service.
3: Uh, They say now that it's – unconstitutional for it just to be a man's thing to do, Yeah, correct?
0: Yeah, there was a judge in uh, Texas declared that a male-only draft is unconstitutional. But he did not order the government to make any immediate changes because, obviously, we haven't drafted, drafted anybody, man or woman, for 45 years.
3: But if you're, what, 18 to 25, you're supposed to register? You're
0: supposed to register when you're 18 When you turn 18. And you could do – the thing is I had to do it at a post office, but – you could do it online now. My son did it online. And he asked me, why doesn't my sister have to do this?
3: Oh, that's funny. And I
0: said, well, it's the way it goes. Would you want your sister with a gun out there on the front lines? Oh, my God. And he said no. Anyway, uh, the chairman of a panel that considers changes to the military draft said that the recommendation to Congress will not be influenced by this judge's recent ruling that the current system is unconstitutional. Um the there are efforts to make registration mandatory for women and that's why this this debate has been raging for some time
3: so the president is with kim jong un for round 2 and you know i talked earlier and uh in a little bit yesterday about the fact that i think that the president is a is a big fan of kim jong un just about the way he's able to yield power and have just ultimate power really um, despite the extensive executions that he is on the hook for, killing his uncle and any family member associated with that uncle, including children, grandchildren, the like, about the uh, camps, uh, about the just complete disregard for human rights. Well, I read an article in The Washington Post to talk to some experts about this, and they claim to think that the president is just pretending to really like Kim Jong-un and that it's working for negotiations, They talked to a guy named Joel Witt, who is a senior fellow at the Stimson Center in Washington. He's been involved in past negotiations with the North Koreans while he was at the State Department. And he says, I'm not a Trump supporter on 99 percent of what he does. But strangely enough, his instincts have been right about North Korea. That if Kim Jong-un is made to feel respected and secure with these having the audience of the United States, that he's more... He's more apt to maybe give up the nuclear program. That's what this guy, Joel, thinks, or at least scale it back because he's getting respect in return and that that's important to Kim Jong-un.
0: But I wonder how then the calculus of rampant famine plays into that. Yeah. I mean, this guy has been hoarding. the. He and his family have been hoarding the resources, however small they might be. But hoarding the resources of North Korea for decades and have literally contributed to the deaths of tens of millions of people while they've been going after this nuclear. So so I wonder if the thinking is that he would give up a nuclear program and turn around and start giving food to people.
3: At Stanford, they've been charting the degree of risk on the Korean Peninsula since 1992, a very... Uh, a wide range of indicators to, from diplomacy to various aspects of North Korea's nuclear program. They've got a color-coded chart up there. Uh, bright green is the safest classification. Bright red is the riskiest. When Barack Obama took office, the boxes were a mixture of pink and light red. By the time he left, eight out of the 11 boxes were bright red. North Korea was testing missiles and bombs at the time. And then in 2017, when Trump called Kim a little rocket man... Nine boxes were bright red and the risk of war was very high. But since then, they say those boxes have shifted back to green with 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 these conversations between the two countries, hey, and these
0: summits. Better to talk than not to talk. Yeah, I think that's there's nothing wrong with that. It's better to talk than not to talk. It's just a matter of, OK, you've opened the door. Now let's see what you can do with it. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, we'll actually talk more about that and the trip, the president's trip to Vietnam coming up at one thirty with Karen Travers, who is in Hanoi today as well
3: coming up next jason nathanson joins us all about the kardashian drama what happened one job with with jordan i was just kidding we're not talking to jason about that i just got sick we're talking about uh, emma thompson saying that she's dropping out of a movie because she doesn't want to work with john lassiter
0: spelled jordan with y anyway
3: a lot of people uh. gary and shannon will continue
2: like that you broke, you broke you like me. Maybe that makes me a fool. Like that you're lonely, only like me. I could be lonely
0: with you. Gary and Shannon.
3: Oh, we've got a terror in the sky story coming up. Have you seen video of this British Airways plane? I mean, the crosswind must have been incredible to get this kind of shift.
0: It's one of those where they come in for a landing, pointed the wrong way almost.
3: Yeah. (laughs) No, thank you.
0: Uh, Amtrak is on the move again. That Coast Starlight train that was on its way from Seattle to L.A. that had to stop in the mountains in the middle of Oregon has been towed back to Eugene. People got off the train. It had been stuck after some uh, weather conditions had tree limbs hanging down into the into the path of the train. So for safety reasons, they stopped it and then held it in place for about 36 hours. Um, there was a dumb person who works at a TV station who wrote, the Amtrak passengers are back on solid ground. Oh, for the love. Back on solid ground. Anyway, they're, they're going to be fine. They're going to find a new way to get to uh, to Los Angeles. By the way, they're still going to make it on time even though it was stuck for 36 hours.
3: Jason Nathanson joins us now. Emma Thompson in the news this morning, talking about somebody she will not work with anymore.
1: Yes. Sorry. Excuse me. That person is a, I've got Oscars uh, hangover still. Oh, that's so cute. Uh, uh, John Lasseter, who was the head of Disney Pixar animation, co-founder of Pixar, Pixar, Uh, director of so many movies uh, that we all know and love, like Toy Story, Bugs Life, things like that. He was hired at Skydance Animation after he was let go or whatever happened at Disney, Pixar. He parted ways with them over sexual misconduct-type stuff, inappropriate touching, hugging things like that, and also, uh, from what we understand, creating a culture over there that was just not very friendly to women, women's ideas, uh, and things like that. So Skydance hired him last year, and there was a bit of an uproar about that, and they had to go through and tell their employees, look, everything's going to be fine, Lasseter's under a code of conduct, he's not going to hurt anybody or or do anything, so they say. But Emma Thompson was scheduled to be a voice in an upcoming movie from Skydance called Luck, which is an animated movie about uh, – it's a comedy about how luck affects our daily lives, and she dropped out. She said she didn't want to be a part of it, and she's released a letter uh, to the L.A. Times that she wrote to Skydance about why she doesn't want to be a part of it, um, and really kind of blast them, blast him, uh, blast them for hiring him. Um, says things like, it feels very odd to me that you and your company would consider hiring with Ms- someone with Mr. Lassiter's pattern of misconduct, uh, and then she wrote a bunch of questions that she has for them, uh, including, uh, if a man has been touching a woman inappropriately for decades, why would a woman want to work for him if the only reason that he's not touching them inappropriately inappropriately now is that it says in his contract that he must behave, quote unquote, professionally. So it brings up a lot of things in this post Me Too era about uh, you know, what people are, who people are willing to work for.
0: Would, would Emma Thompson have had a direct relationship with John Lasseter in the way that this studio was set it's, up? I think it's just a principle of the thing.
1: Yeah, probably not. Uh, there's, a, there's a director on the film. That's probably who she would have worked with. Uh, she probably would not have had, had to work with Lasseter directly. Uh, but I would imagine, you know, knowing from covering many Disney, Disney and Pixar premieres, Lasseter is always there. So when this movie comes out, he might be at the premiere. She might be in various meetings or press opportunities or something. She might be around him. But at the end of the day, she says, you know, her her voice, She has an opportunity to use her voice and her standing as a two-time Oscar winner uh, and very famous person to stand up and say, look, this is not the kind of world that I want to be in. And she says at the end of it, uh, at the end of this letter, um, I'm also aware uh, that if if people who have spoken out like me do not take this kind of thing and take a stand, then they're very unlikely to change anything at the pace required to protect my daughter's generation. So that's what she's looking for here.
0: Now, I've got to imagine that Skydance factored this into their hiring of John Lasseter. They knew that they were going, or there was the potential that they were going to lose some pretty high-profile names as a result of that.
1: Possibly. I don't know. There were, when they had made the Lasseter announcement last year, there was a lot of backlash, but it seemed that they did not anticipate. And after the announcement was made public, then they sent out the letter to employees saying, you know, we understand your concerns, um, and, you know, this won't be an issue. Uh, I, I don't know if they really understood the the weight and severity of this, and if they didn't, that seems like a misstep on their part. Now, did they think that they would lose big-name clients? I don't know that they factored that in. This is the, the, the biggest one uh, by far to say that she's going to go. Um, and I wonder if now they're having meetings and, and you know, second-guessing their thoughts. I don't know what that contract might be like. They have to pay out a lot of money to Lassiter at this point to sever that relationship. But, uh, you know, it's something that they might be thinking about.
0: Awesome. awesome. Jason, we appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. Jason Nathanson there with the latest on uh, this Emma Thompson letter to uh, to Skydance Media uh, and why she won't work for John Lassiter. And she points out in that letter is something interesting if Lasseter started his own company, then every employee would have been given the opportunity to choose whether or not to give him a second chance. But any Skydance employees who don't want to give him a second chance have to stay and then be uncomfortable or else they're going to lose their jobs, which is, I mean, what are you going to do? Give John Lasseter a job in the mailroom yeah. and make him work his way back up to the top of a studio?
3: Uh, Another piece of Me Too news. Regulators have fined Wynn Resorts a record $20 million for failing to investigate uh, those sexual misconduct claims against Steve Wynn. It's so funny. It's like Lasseter, Steve Wynn, these are names I had forgotten were involved in in all this. There was just so many. There was just name after name after name after name. By the way, I want to see the rest of the names coming out of that sex trafficking investigation in Florida, in Florida because they said they got hundreds of John's and there was a report that uh, Robert Kraft's name wasn't the biggest one on that list. Certainly it was for the that specific spa the Orchids of Asia day spa.
0: Sounds so nice.
3: But 10, uh, 10 different spas have shut down.
0: It's crazy. All right we come back. Terror in the skies. Gary like legit, legit. Legit terror, terror. in the skies. This
3: isn't some guy that took off his pants. Yeah,
0: this isn't this isn't your seatmate clipping their toenails or anything. Yeah,
3: this is like
0: uh this, those are all nightmares. Evacuate the bowel time. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's going to oh. be like an Amtrak train up in this.
3: That didn't happen. People weren't emptying their bowels on that Amtrak train. Where Babies else were they apparently go? were.
0: Yeah. Dirty That's diapers the you, you ever up been on aisles? a train? That's what you do. Yes,
2: it's time to wake up from It's happening.
0: Gary and Shannon. It's Tuesday. It's February 26th. A couple stories that we have been following. The president is in Hanoi. Uh, In a few minutes, actually, Karen Travers is going to join us from Vietnam. She's been covering this story for us and for ABC News to talk about what it is we might expect out of this summit between President Trump and Korean leader Kim Jong-un.
3: Bizarre multiple murder to tell you about a uh, mother and a daughter. Massachusetts have killed five family members, including a bunch of kids. They still don't know the M.O. The, the mother and the daughter, who's 19, were found in the apartment uh, disoriented. The mother saying something to the effect of everybody in that apartment wanted to die.
0: Uh, also, the, uh, the story out of D.C. today happens to be that Michael Cohen is testifying before the Senate Intelligence Committee behind closed doors while he's been in that meeting. The appellate division of the New York State Supreme Court decided to disbar him, so he is no longer allowed to practice law in the state of New York. I mean, he's going to go to prison anyway, so, I mean, it's probably better that way. But they made it official today.
3: Uh, Top U.S. general for Homeland Defense says there's no military threat coming from the southern border with Mexico, but his focus is on the very real threats, he says, from China and Russia. At the same time that uh, the president is... In Vietnam, and we'll be going live to Vietnam coming up next.
0: Hey, it's time for Terror in the Skies.
1: Flight two zero nine, er, you are cleared for takeoff. Roger. Get off my plane. Roger, Roger. What's our vector, Victor? Enough is enough. I have had it with these monkey-fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday plane. It's Gary and Shannon's Terror in the Skies on KFI.
3: So you know when you're in a plane, yes, and you hit some turbulence
0: a little uncomfortable.
3: And the person next to you says, "It's just like potholes, a potholes on the road." Who says that? People say that.
0: Well, they're trying to say something to you because you have you have completely cut off circulation on the lower part of their arm.
3: I've done well with my You gotten better? Flight Anxiety evolution. Excellent. I don't uh, hold on to anything. I think it's just flying with the Chargers a lot. I I don't have the panic that I used to have. However, when turbulence happens, hearing that they're just like potholes on the ground (laughs) doesn't help me for a couple reasons. Have you...
0: Well... Number one,
3: we're not on the ground, are we? No, we're not. No, we're at 35,000 freaking
0: feet. We are not on solid ground.
3: And number two, I... Have this scenario running through my mind whenever I feel a little bit of turbulence. This that it's going to start. Gonna talk at, about? Yeah, that it's going to start a turbulence, and then it's going to end like this.
0: Okay, well, hold on a second. In all the time that you've been aware of airplanes, which I would imagine is at least forty years, or however old you are, kidding? It's a joke. We haven't done that in a while. But <laughs> can you think of any time where turbulence has brought down a major airliner?
3: That's what I hear as well. And I know that does make me feel a little bit better.
0: Okay, so this is the deal. Uh, Just yesterday, a flight, uh, British Airways flight 492 from London to the British territory of Gibraltar had to divert and touch down in Spain because of some very strong winds. There's a peculiar geographical phenomenon that takes place right at the landing strip the airport there in Gibraltar there's a there's a mountain nearby and on a windy day especially if it's in a specific direction generally the winds come off of that mountain and just create a washing machine of turbulence right around the landing strip there in then Gibraltar then
3: why are we putting a landing strip there
0: listen uh i do not know <laughs> i am not there are the pilots fly that fly into, that route yeah. have to have very specialized training specific to that airport because of the conditions of the wind. Maybe it's time to move.
3: Eli Hassett was on board and he told the son that I, as a father of three young children, started saying my last prayers. It was a near death experience, or it certainly felt like that.
0: Now, we have uh, seen video from on the ground and in the airplane of what was going on. And in fact I'm going to retweet right now one of the uh, one of these from inside the airplane. This plane started rocking back and forth. And this is when it's over Gibraltar before it diverts and goes to uh goes to Spain to land safely. The they didn't really describe to the passengers what was going on other than, hey, we're going to have to divert and go uh to Spain just a short drive away. Short drive. <laughs> And and land. But this plane, imagine it pitching back and forth to the point, you know, when you're in the you're on the window seat and you look down out the window and all you can see is the ground. You're not vertical by any means, but you're definitely pitched at an angle that you're not comfortable with Oh, the angles and then going all the way back the other side. So when you look across your five seatmates to your right, all you see on that side is ground as well. And it's going back and forth like this about eight or ten times. As it's going through these these uh, very strong and unpredictable winds over Gibraltar,
3: it just looks terrifying. <laughs> it reminds me of my flight from Sacramento to Burbank. Well, and it's when we were right over the uh, the, the Burbank runway, Airport. yeah, and it was just really bad wind. It was crazy. It was raining, it was storming, but the wind you could feel the 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 plane. Not, I don't think it was this bad, but. It was not good.
0: What's amazing is...
3: You could actually feel the the gusts were more powerful than I've ever felt.
0: Did you vocalize anything when you were in that airplane?
3: Yeah, the girl next... Did you remember?
0: I mean, do you remember saying or or screaming or anything? No.
3: um, I was pretty calm. I just remember really wanting to come home, and I really wanted him to land that plane. Well... But it's a good thing that that I guess he didn't. This
0: is just 13 seconds from within the airplane. And, again, this this is at the the height of the going back and forth, you know, pitching one side to the other. And I'm amazed at how little screaming there is. To the right. To the left. And that guy, laughing. Yeah, the guy's even laughing at the be end laughing.
4: of it. I laugh when I'm nervous or scared.
0: My daughter does. I think, yeah,
3: you, I think it's, a, it's, a, it's a weird reaction. You don't want to panic. Like, I remember feeling like, I don't want to panic because and that's admitting something bad is happening. You know?
0: I guess that's one way of looking at it, yes.
3: Brian Suits okay. says, Gibraltar is so small, the runway, I'll take out that adjective, <laughs> the runway goes across a major boulevard. There's a stoplight in the mid middle of the
0: runway. <laughs> well, at LAX, I mean it goes over Sepulveda, right? I guess there's no stoplight. Yeah, it's a little bit different. It goes over, not All right, when we come back.
3: Live to Vietnam, check up on the uh the romance between Kim Jong Un and the president.
0: Gary Shannon will continue.
4: We are going to count
0: Shannon, hey, if you want to go back and listen uh, on the podcast, in the 11 o'clock hour, we talked about Selma Blair, the actress, um, a few months ago came out with her diagnosis that she had MS. And on Sunday night, a Getty Images photographer took a picture of her at the Vanity Fair post-Oscar party and wrote a story about it on Instagram and explained that it was what he said was the most moving human moment he's ever been able to photograph. Um, Selma Blair was on Good Morning America as well today in an interview with Robin Roberts describing what her life has been like the last couple of years since this uh since this diagnosis since there she realized that there was something going on and she uh found out she made it her point to find out exactly what was going on with her body so anyway that 's on the podcast in the eleven o'clock hour
3: oh, spring training looks beautiful doesn't it? Yeah. it looks just the green grass and the bright sun and see who needs football I do. Karen Travers is in Vietnam covering the president's trip there to meet with Kim Jong-un. Karen, what's the latest?
6: Uh, The president is here in Hanoi, but he did not have any events after arriving uh, quite late Tuesday night. His events formally kick off on Wednesday with meetings with the Vietnamese leadership, courtesy calls, really, to say thank you for hosting this summit. And then his actual interactions with Kim Jong-un will begin Wednesday night with a brief one-on-one meeting. And then a dinner that will include the Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, and his acting chief of staff, Mick Mulvaney. I think this shows the significance the president places on the personal relationship that he says he's developing with Kim Jong-un. They didn't have a dinner back in Singapore last summer. It was meetings on that one day, lunch, all very much working sessions. But... This is different, a little bit of social time before the official summit events kick off on Thursday.
0: Those are the high-profile things. I would assume there are some upper-level managers from both sides, managers, lack of a better term, that are going to be Mm -hmm. meeting as well.
6: Happening for months and, and in the lead up to this summit. There's a special envoy or representative for North Korea for the Trump administration. And he's been meeting with counterparts in North Korea from North Korea. But I think there's something interesting that experts have told us in this week heading into the summit is that the North Koreans, I mean, this is, these talks have been at a stalemate, and a big part of that in their view, these experts' view, is that the North Koreans just want to deal with President Trump. They know that for all of the empowerment that senior officials have and for all of the envoys and meetings you could hold, ultimately this comes down to President Trump. And and he makes his decisions based on the gut feeling when he sits down with a world leader. And that's why they were pushing to have a second summit, because if the talks are at a stalemate, the only way to nudge it along might be having the president get in a room with Kim Jong-un.
3: You only had ten days to put this together in terms of security and uh, everything, accommodations and things like that. Uh, what's the feel like uh, there? I know it's four thirty in the morning for you. And PS, thank mm-hmm. you for coming on with us.
6: <laughs> uh, but
3: you. what what is it? Excitement in the air? Is it seem kind of chaotic? What What are you reading from it? Um, you know,
6: there's certainly a festiveness. This, you know, I think Vietnam is excited that they were chosen to host this. It's a big boost, a big profile uh, spotlight. On the country, security is tight around the city. No surprise, uh, the president's hotel is a bit away from the downtown area. But I think when they start getting on the move Wednesday night for the dinners, uh, you'll see quite a lockdown across the city. No surprise, That's you know how it happens anytime a president travels overseas. Uh, but you know I think there were several reasons that Vietnam was chosen. Like number one, Kim Jong Un could get here. He took a three thousand mile train ride in an armored train to get here instead of flying. And uh, there's an embassy here for North Korea, so they end up having, you know, moments that they can have almost a state visit, and that was something that was very important for Kim Jong Un as well. The president uh, likes to point out that Vietnam is an example of what North Korea could be if they move to denuclearization. But there's a lot of democratic steps I think that would need to take place before you see that boom that Vietnam is certainly seeing right now.
0: What happened with the uh, with the White House press corps getting kicked out of the hotel workspace they were in?
6: Yeah, this was, uh quite a dust-up yesterday uh, when we all arrived late Sunday night, Monday night? I'm not sure what day that was, Monday night. uh, There were notes in our rooms that said that there would be extra security because of a head of state staying at the hotel. Well, we knew the president wasn't staying here, and the only other head of state in town for this is Kim Jong-un. It seemed like that would be something the White House would have tried pretty hard to avoid, given the logistics around that. You also have Kim Jong-un, who's incredibly private. He's incredibly uh, anxious about his security, and is not a big fan of an open and free press. So if You add all of that up, no surprise, you, he does not want the American press at the same hotel as him. What ended up happening was the Vietnamese government asked the White House to move the workspace that had been set up about two weeks ago. A lot of manpower, time, money put into this for the traveling American press. We're allowed to stay in the hotel with our rooms, but there can be no workspace here. So it was a bit of a scramble yesterday. Uh, the White House, uh, time I went to bed late last night, had no official comment on this.
0: What does that, that high-profile security look like in your hotel?
6: Uh, security outside the hotel, you know, uh, military presence guarding the outside of the hotel. You can't come in without a, an ID, a key for the hotel, and your press credential to get in, and then just the normal, you know, kind of airport-style security once you get inside the lobby.
2: Okay.
0: Well, Karen, I think we're going to have you uh, over the next couple of days as well. So uh, so set that alarm clock for 4.30 <laughs> four, four, four in the morning. Uh, awesome. Karen, thank you once again.
6: Thank you. Have a great
0: day. Karen Travers there in Hanoi. Gosh,
3: uh, The Bachelor four, goes four to Vietnam.
0: in the morning. Yeah. Kim Jong-un
3: and Trump go to Vietnam. Somebody
0: made a joke about this is the first time that Donald Trump's made it to Vietnam.
3: Yeah, about uh, bone spurs didn't prevent this, this yeah. trip.
0: Whatever. All right. Uh, when we come back. Uh, we're gonna. do... Oh, you notice that Yasmani Grandal in a yes, Milwaukee Monty Brewers Grondo. uniform.
3: And is Machado playing?
0: Machado? I don't think he is. Uh. But they're playing. Brewers are playing the uh, the Padres. Is the that
3: country. a mullet or mullets back?
0: Blake, no mullets. Are they back? A couple uh, guys have them. Nick gave you a thumbs up, and that's really bad. No. Know, why are we? You remember Tulo in there for... was running around with one for a long time. Not in New York. He's not. They won't allow no, that No, 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 but he was when he was with uh, Colorado. I don't know yeah. if he took it to, to Toronto or not, but Tulowitzki had one. So
3: apparently there there was a bit of a fire festival <laughs> over the weekend in Los Angeles. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's we'll talk a... about it when we come back.
0: Gary and will continue. It's on KFI. Woo! I can feel my face
3: when
2: I'm with you, love it, I love it. But I love it. <laughs>
0: you just said out loud, we are not eating m and No, you said, I am not eating M&M's, which is a weird thing to say out loud. Yeah. Of, except that you're trying to convince yourself not to eat them. And then you... And then you come in and you're like,
2: "What? I tell you a story about... That's yeah. not
0: true. It's like, it's like a Muppet. It was like when uh, Cookie Monster eats his cookies and gets crumbs everywhere. Mm. You had M&M cookies. pieces flying out of... We have told you about fire festival of course right and the two documentaries that came out uh, one on Netflix and one on Hulu that described what an absolute s show that thing turned out to be uh, thanks to Ja rule and Billy McFarlane well there was a uh, there was a food festival this weekend a couple days ago which apparently people are calling the latest Fire Festival.
3: As one online commenter put it, I'd like to thank Ja Rule and Billy McFarlane for putting this <laughs> event together. It's called the LA Beer and World Barbecue Festival. No, was, no, no.
0: It's called the Fire Festival of Barbecue now.
3: Yes. It was held Saturday in Chinatown at Mandarin Plaza. It was a first-time event, and according to people who went, an unmitigated disaster.
0: Now, it's too bad. There, there are some similarities to what happened with Fire Festival. One of the things was that this was an app-driven event, which is, I guess it's weird to think about it that way. But um, the people who put this thing together, Fever, is the name of the app, um, said, we're not, we didn't try to defraud anybody. We didn't, we weren't pulling a fast one. We just got overmatched. They were so,
3: overwhelmed completely. And they are in the process of offering uh, refunds as of today. So here was how it was supposed to work. They were supposed to. Charge people $32 uh, for one drink ticket and three food tickets. That's what you get for your $32. That seems really high to me, by the way, too.
0: Really? Yeah. I don't think so. I mean, in a place like L.A., this is why I would they would probably have gotten my $32. A place like L.A. where you're going to be able to bring together all of these different world styles of barbecue and I get a drink along with it, 32 bucks seems like it's a pretty good deal. Now, VIP tickets went for more than that. You get more drink tickets, more food tickets, et cetera.
3: Food vendors were Ray's Barbecue, the Texas-style barbecue in Huntington Park, Mideast Tacos, uh, Hop Wu in Chinatown, and Lately Kitchen. And according to various posts on the event's Facebook page, including plenty of video and photo evidence and the reviews on Yelp, They had three deep lines down the block for hours before people were even let inside. The start time, so it was a four-hour event, but the start time was was severely delayed because of the health department. The health department kept the festival from beginning for more than an hour because of an issue with vendor water temperatures. So the line backed up and it backed up and it backed up. And so when they finally opened, everyone's there at once at the same time wanting food from just a handful of vendors.
0: Which is too bad because in the event that they do this again, I don't know if they would label it the same thing. I don't know if they would try to do this again. They now know, right? I mean, unfortunately, the kinks showed up and they all showed up at exactly the same time. They could probably do this thing again in Nobody's six months and do go. it, but that's the problem: is yeah,
3: you're tainted. You get now. one shot. You got to rebrand it. You got to change the location.
0: Um, some of the Yelp reviews. I was amazed at how poorly organized this event was. The event was delayed by an hour, so instead of people constantly streaming in and out, everyone was in at the same time. The food and drink lines were awful. The organizers should never be allowed to run an event again, since there was ample time from when the tickets were sold to the actual event to get all their ducks in a row.
3: Here's another one. They opened up late. We stood in line for over an hour. The lines inside were so unorganized, the beer tenders were rude. Whoever planned this festival should be fired.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now, the whole thing from beginning to end was only supposed to be four hours. So if you're running late already, there were only two or three small bars, they said, to handle the capacity crowds, and that lines for just one vendor took over an hour. So you've already eaten up a quarter of your time just standing in line, and that's assuming you got there right as it started.
2: They said
3: the crowd was more than 3,500 people. Oh, yeah. And that the fire marshal may have tried to shut things down at one point. That's a, that's quite the draw, 3,500 people.
0: Now, the, the, the creators of the app, Fever, uh, they had come out and said that they shared their disappointment in how the event went down. They delayed, They noted the delayed opening that created this domino effect. The whole thing was far from a scam, though. They said they're working on reaching out to, and like you said, refunding customers this week. And as for any future food, drink events around L.A. from Fever, they say, quote, we sincerely apologize to each guest who was disappointed in our event or working around the clock to make sure our customers concerns are addressed. Our mission at Fever is to inspire people through their experiences the world over. And we are committed to becoming a positive mainstay in the community due to unforeseen circumstances. The start time to our event was delayed. That created long lines for entry, food, and drink. We regret that some users had a poor experience. But rest assured, we will work tirelessly to set things right.
3: I would just like to say that I apologize for connecting barbecue because we're talking about Robert Kraft going to the massage parlor and then the same day going to Kansas City for barbecue. And that's what you do in Kansas City. You get barbecue It's not known for a hotbed of uh, genital manipulation services. So for me now, I read the word barbecue, (laughs) and I equate it with Robert Kraft. And I just want to apologize to myself and everybody else for connecting delicious Kansas City barbecue or barbecue anywhere, frankly, with the 77-year-old man on the massage table twice twice in 17 hours once for 14 minutes that's what you okay tomorrow's a big day you guys oh it is a big day we are going to come together at 11 and this space right here this safe space and we are going to break down abducted in plain sight
6: we're going to that was
2: Thursday, that they went horseback riding. We had Thursday, Friday, Friday. Didn't call
6: anybody. Didn't nope. want to upset. Don't want to upset God nobody. forbid. And
2: this went on for about two days. Yeah. And I said, "Mary Ann, we better get the law involved. So we can, we need some help to find them."
0: It's, it's not just, funny. I, it's, it's unbelievable. He says, "Oh,
2: can you give me some relief?" We were laughing and. He said, "Oh, Bob, it's just kid stuff." It's just
0: kid stuff, Bob. I have
2: got to have relief.
3: Guys, it's not just kid stuff. You don't have to do that for your friends.
0: I could play you 50 sound bites from that show. Yeah. 50. And you would there would still be moments of utter shock. Yes. When you watch abducted in plain sight. <clears throat>
3: <clears throat> <clears throat> I mean the FBI <throat> guy,
0: uh, th-
2: this is the most difficult case I've ever had in my life.
0: Yeah. Cuz I'd be frustrated. Crazy. Yes. So frustrated. Not to mention it was the worst thing that Bob had ever done.
2: I did the worst thing I've ever done.
0: No,
3: the ever. worst the worst thing he ever did
0: as
2: as- was
3: yeah. not filing charges against the guy for assaulting his daughter because he didn't want to know everyone to know that what? he helped him relief? with relief. <laughs> All right, John and Ken, let's clean this let's clean this station up with John and Ken. I will
1: never be the man that this did not happen to. That's enough.
3: you just going to play. <laughs> Bites
0: people will piss you off. John and Ken coming up next. We'll see you tomorrow. Stay dry, everybody. Blessings.
3: Oh, goodbye. Gary and Shannon.